This is the Joy of Geek. Welcome to the Joy of Geek podcast. I am Rich Lepore. Kevin Shaver. And we are here to talk about some Spider-Man. It's your friendly neighborhood podcast. It sure is. It sure is. So this is sort of a companion piece uh, to another podcast that Jordan and I did talking about the Spider-Man video game. And it it is cause for celebration. Um, It's out on PS4, developed by Insomniac of Ratchet & Clank fame. Uh, and it is fantastic, and I'll be talking about that a little bit on this episode, but if you really want to know what's what with the Spider-Man PS4 game, we go into it heavy on our review and spoiler cast episode, Jordan and I. But, because Spider-Man seems to be all the Twitterverse is talking about, and it has gotten all of us very excited about Spider-Man, we now, on the Joy of Geek side, are going to be talking about um, everything else Spider-Man. Um, so if it's not a video game, we'll be talking about it today. So that means... TV shows. TV shows. We got the movies, the comics. Um, you know, we both of us, I think, were came into Spider Man and just the Marvel universe in general in different ways. Mm-hmm. So we'll be talking about that for sure. But um, just as a little tease, there, I'm a '90s kid, so <laughs> I think you can guess as to what uh, series I'm going to be discussing later on in this episode. Um, so we'll definitely be doing that, that talking a bunch of Spider-Man, but plenty of other things to discuss as well. Yeah, so if you're not a webhead, then you can also enjoy us talking about Geek News. Yes. And so we have some really interesting stories there. One little tease, what, you got anything? Um, bat penis, maybe? Okay, maybe that okay, that's a good first. tease. If you've never, if you know what I'm talking about, you've been on Twitter this week, if you don't, you're going to be very confused. And, but, and, uh, and also maybe But that's Joker, just one, many maybe, other things. Maybe Joker test video? Yes, maybe, possibly. Maybe possibly. possibly. Maybe Joaquin? Possibly. Okay, and then um, we're also going to talk about some of the other stuff we've been watching. So for me, that means American Vandal, um, a little surprise thing that I'm going to talk about with Kevin. Um, Kevin's got a couple as well. I've got a lot too. I Well, for, uh, Rich and I are from North Carolina, so we just had a hurricane come through us and... That weekend, I didn't have much to do other than read comic books and watch TV, so I got a lot to discuss. So, awesome. Yeah. We are safe, by the way, but yes, yeah, so uh, we're trying to storm deny it us, but yeah. That is uh, excellent. Okay, um, well, without any further ado, why don't we talk about um, some news? Okay, cool. And some of the big, crazy stuff that's been happening. What a crazy season for it news. It really is, yeah. No, there's. I've got a range of stories here, but um, mostly DC and Marvel. Before we get to that, though... I wanted to hit on a story that was breaking news the other day um, that I immediately had thoughts about and also ties in a little bit to one of the shows I watched, which I'll talk about later. But um, it was just announced this week. At the time of recording, this was announced on Thursday, I believe. Um, so Avatar Last Airbender was, uh, is, remains one of the best cartoons of all time, a uh, show I grew up on, a huge fan of. Um, I own the whole series, and... Um, I love Legend of Korra as it's well. It's also a very unique show because yes. even though it was a Nickelodeon series, its 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 origin so is unique. Other, yeah. It's different, and it has found just a place of you know immense respect. Yes, aside you know the greats of of animation and even just just drama and storytelling. Oh, absolutely! It's, it's amazing how much people love Airbender and and Korra by extension. Maybe not quite as much, but a it's, lot. Uh, I mean, a lot. Super fans of Last Airbender love Korra just as much, if not more. Um, and it's still, you know, that, that whole universe really hit a, um, is a real, you know, cornerstone of, you know, yeah, of pop, community, yeah. of pop culture, yeah. because last 20 it, years, it right. was a response or to whatever. Harry Potter, 
but it also fused anime and animation um, and is just a really unique universe. So that said, um, the creators of the original series um, announced that they will be producing a live action series on Netflix of Last Airbender. Um, we don't have a release date or anything at this point. Um, it's too early to tell, but um, it will, I think, without a doubt be different from the M. Night Shyamalan live action yes, movie yes. from so, so if, if in no other way um, <laughs> the uh, creators have yeah. put out a tweet or an announcement when they announced this and they yeah. said Mike DiMartino um, and Brian Konietzko excellent so, yeah. excellent I wouldn't even try to pronounce those names yeah. but those two dudes um, made a big announcement that this will not be a whitewashed um, yeah. version and that it will have um, culturally I think they said culturally appropriate casting right um, something like that so the idea is that M. Night Shyamalan and a lot of films you know Ghost in the Shell a lot of these movies have gotten tremendous backlash from people saying like here's a great opportunity to cast somebody of color and you instead whitewashed right um, so they are going to make this series I guess very true to the source material yeah, yeah um, is that is that right that's what they're aiming for I mean my hope is that it will be something different because I don't really want to watch a retread of what I already know and love and what's already great. Um, and, but yes, they do want to like, I think it'll still have the same kind of overarching story. Um, and be set Is it going to be a series? It's a series. It'll be a series. Yeah. Wow. And that's at the end. That's what, well, I mean, I, there's no other way you can do it. If you're going to do something live action of Lars Airbender, that was probably the biggest mistake they made with the movie is you can't make a movie version of it unless yeah. you're telling a you know one succinct one story, story of what like maybe right. him versus that dude and maybe right or, or maybe like a Zuko you know story or something like that but so a side thing but yeah. they tried to cram the entire first season into one movie and that's just not going to happen yeah it's an uh, epic journey right and and, and right yeah. it needs to feel epic and you need to have it needs to be serialized um but all that said so I was a little you know I on the one hand I was really impressed by the concept art they teased they did a big image of Appa which is the you know the big um, flying bison that Aang has um, in yeah, Last Airbender? That was really cool. And that looked really awesome. But and it it encourages me that the original creators are involved in this, and it's Netflix. You know, yeah. with good track. So record. Netflix has but, Uber cash, right? Right. So they are going to put the amount they need to and right. just look what they spent on Marco Polo, etc., right. etc. Well, and we talked on one of the recent episodes about Andy Serkis's upcoming movie is going to be on there as its biggest budget thing yet, um, or biggest budget Mobile movie. Wire. Yeah, Mobile, yeah, yeah, movie, yeah. Um, and so, all that said, I still would rather Konietzko and DiMartino do an original animated series instead of, um, like I said, kind of retreading what's already great. I mean, that's, I mean, of course I'm going to watch this. It's cool. It'll be cool to see, you know, this world brought to life in live action. Um, but... And, you know, we'll wait and see. see what I'll happens. tell you what's I mean, great about it yeah. for me sure. is that I am somebody who's been hearing people sing the praises of Airbender for years and years and years and yeah. years and years. And I have I have cartoon problems. I have animation problems. I have, and I'm and I call it a problem yeah. because I know it's not valid. No, it isn't. Um, but <laughs> I just have an aversion to watching a lot of animated content. I don't really watch the Disney movies that much. Once in a while, I'll watch a Pixar, and 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 once in a while, I'll see something like Kubo. And it blows my mind and tells me, shows me just how amazing an animation it can be every bit as good and compelling and blah, 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 and sometimes better in certain ways and sure. the things that it can do and its unlimited palette. But I just, I I don't know what's wrong with me, but I just don't want to watch cartoons yeah. like I want to watch live action. So for me, I can now watch Airbender, and if they do make it into a five season or four seasons, was it? It's or? three seasons, right? but they're okay. pretty long. I don't, that's the thing. I, bring it to live action and trying to do the budget they're going to do. 
they may make it more seasons, but yeah. but yes, the original animated series is three. So anyway, that to, to thinking about that, um, you know, watching three seasons of live action Airbender, if it is truly excellent and it does follow the thing, it may not be like everything you want as a fan mm. who already thinks Airbender is perfect. Sure. But for somebody like me who needs to experience it for the first time, boy, I couldn't ask for a, a Have better you situation. Any episodes? Because yeah, like I, one or two. Okay, gotcha. I've seen the first two, I think. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and, and I liked it, but it, yeah. it just never makes cartoon content. It's not cartoon. Animated content doesn't meet the – it doesn't raise to the bar. And by the way, my bar is, is silly. I mean, yeah. it's like a, it's all over the place what what meets the criteria, what makes meets the threshold for me to want to watch it. Um, but it, it just – it doesn't quite get there as great as I know it is. You know what I mean? It just okay. it just doesn't. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I mean I still may go back and, and finally watch this because of just how much love there is for it and how brilliant it supposedly is. So. Yeah, cool. Uh, one thing so, I – uh, are we done with that story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to point out one thing. I, I should have said this at the beginning, but um, friend of the show – Elliot, yeah. Um, his name is Elliot Brady. He is actually involved with and has produced a film. Um, it is called Frontier, and it is going to be screening at the Charlotte Film Festival on the 29th uh, at 4:55. So I wanted to make that uh, announcement. If you are in the Charlotte area, or if you're planning to go to the Charlotte Film Festival, um, you should definitely look that up, and or just keep your eyes peeled for um, for Frontier because it's this really interesting 15-minute short film. Um, and he's a friend of the show, so. Uh, so definitely keep your eyes peeled for that. Also, we are going to be interviewing Elliot about sort of the production process and how crazy it is to try to make an indie film as just a person like oh, us, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so that'll be a, and everything. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. everything you'd think, like just like put a little exponential on that, right. and it's it's insane. Right. I mean, this is a film where he actually has a, a, a monster and special effects, and it's it's a it's a big deal. So. I mean, reshoots, you know, I mean, you you name it. So it'll be really fun to talk to him about that. But anyway, um, that's on the horizon, um, both uh, at the film festival and then on our podcast. Very cool. Um, That'll be a lot of fun. Announcement slash news, right? Sure. No, that's great. All right, go ahead. Um, Cool. So that's last Airbender. Um, On to Marvel DC News. Um, Marvel, uh, you know, we've been kind of, it's weird because, you know, they, with their schedule now with the MC movies, it's like um, they've been releasing them back to back. So now there's been kind of this, like, period where we haven't had any news and trailers lately, but that changed this week, so we got not only a new trailer, but also a pretty big news story. So, first off on the trailer, I'm sure we've both seen it now, uh-huh. the Captain Marvel trailer dropped this week. It did. Um, so, why don't you share your thoughts first? Um, you know, I don't want to be unhyped. It's It looks okay. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't think that it looks... Again, yeah... I, it's it's hard to say. I always I'll, I'll, let me start by saying this. From the beginning of us talking about Brie Larson's casting, I've been saying that I'm a little trepidatious about it. I, not that I don't love her, and not that she's not a great actress. I think she's Oscar nominated, and 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 she's just fantastic. Yeah. But I don't see her, see her as role. Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah. That said, I'm seeing that more, okay. and I thought that might happen once sure. I saw her. You know, with her hair dyed properly. Probably, it's hard to but, judge by a costume too, as well. Right, you know, but like, when I saw her in the costume, her face, her hair, and and the and the and the outfit, I'm seeing it more. Right. I'm, I'm at like where I was before at a 25 percent. Now I'm at like 75 percent, which is a big change in, in in my sort of perception of her as Captain Marvel. So I'm excited about that. I love the fact that it's about scrolls hiding amongst mm, us. Yeah. That I love, and um, you know, if people don't know. 
her big thing, one of the big things for Miss, well, well it was Miss Marvel at the time, yeah, and, yeah. That, and then Captain Marvel was the Skrull invasion um, as part of Secret War. Right. Um, and that was like, you know, the one of the main ways people sort of were introduced to that iteration of her character. And um, I believe, right? Right. Um, yeah. And I love that concept. There were some huge twists, which I won't go into if you plan on reading Secret War, but there's like huge reveals and twists and surprises related to her character and the Skrull invasion and all the stuff that's going on and identities, and it's awesome. Um, but, you know, that, and, and so that's really cool. I know that, but watching that trailer, I wouldn't know that. Like, yeah. it mentions Skrulls a little bit. Well, but, there was, like, a long uh, history with that, too, of trying to get Marvel get the rights back to that. Like, I think at one point they were still under maybe the Fox banner or something uh-huh, like that. Yeah, yeah. So there were, that's why, because... Uh, that's why they're a little, like, hesitant. Right, and because they, they were, I think, originally trying to get them into Guardians, but, um, and it didn't happen, but... Um, but that said, I don't know. I think they do look pretty cool. I'm I'm a sucker for the space side of the yeah, MCU, me too. So it's you know, and this looks like a cool fusion of it. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but but anyway, just just as the trailer as a whole, sure. I like the idea of uh, Nick Fury. I think he yeah, looks yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. especially yeah. with both eyes. And maybe we'll see how that uh, that changes, or maybe we won't in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the idea. Actually, I recently watched a bit of Skull Island um, called oh, Skull okay. Island, yeah, yeah, which yeah. I saw like the first half, which I liked. It's uh-huh. good. Um, I wouldn't say great, but it's good. Sure, sure. But um, but he in that movie plays the role of this sort of disillusion. Have you seen it? No, but I know about his role. So he plays yeah, a yeah. disillusioned soldier who is like at the end of the Vietnam War, thinking, "What was it all for? What was the point okay. of this?" That's his role. Sure. And so he, when he gets the opportunity to have, they're all about to go home after the you know the war is quote ended, and then he gets this opportunity, this last minute like we can now go on this one last mission and be like security for an expedition to Skull Island. And he's so pumped. He's like, great, I want to bring my team. I want something that matters. But he's still thinking it's just routine, but he's just happy to not go back to civilian life. And then he gets there and it's, you know, it's it's a crazy crucible that he goes through as a character and, and all of that stuff. But that in that movie, it reminded, his character there reminded me a lot, and they may have been inspired a bit for this movie. It reminded me a lot of, of, uh, of what the characterization looks like in this, where he's just like, I thought that I would never, you know, do this again. But it turns out that, you know, I, I, know, a, I know a soldier who's, you know, a rebellious soldier when I mm. see one or mm. something like that. Yeah. And uh, I just never thought one would come from space. And just sort of this idea of this disillusioned but incredibly talented and skilled person who hasn't really had a way to demonstrate their skills coming to grips with big changes. Mm. I see a big parallel between those two characters. And... He played that role really well in Skull Island. He won me over tremendously, at least in that first half that I watched. I knew that the second half was just going to be people dying, and because mm-hmm. I mean, I, I even looked ahead and I was like, "Oh fuck!" I knew that guy was going to die. He's going to mm-hmm. die, you yeah, know. Yeah. And so I was like, "I just don't want to watch that." At least at the moment, I didn't. Uh-huh. Um, but that character is really strong, and I think that that'll be an interesting role for him to play of somebody sort of a, a mentor, but also sort of just realizing his own limitations in the face of superheroism, right? Sure. Um, so that's going to be an interesting thing. The 90s, I don't know how that's yeah, all going to play. Yeah, the blockbuster product placement. I love that. I love product <laughs> placement. Is, is It wouldn't be... Yeah, I guess you call it product placement. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the blockbuster reference was right, funny. Right, right. Um, and it does remind me of the 90s, oh, which yeah. I lived through very much so and was in many a blockbusters. Um, so overall, I think it looks better than I was expecting, although... Um, I was really low on my thoughts for what that movie was going to probably be just based on I didn't love the casting and the ideas and, and all of that. I'm much more hyped on it now. I am a bit surprised that it seems a lot less like in that trailer 
the Kelly Sue DeConnick run that it's supposedly very inspired by. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't look like that run. It didn't feel like that sure, run. Sure, sure. I don't It'll know. Be, I mean... What, what are your overall thoughts? Well, a, I mean, I'm interested, definitely. Like, uh, Yeah, me know, too. I mean, I mean, you know. Um, it, you know, and casting white. Well, I like Jude Law and Ben Mendelsohn in it, too, oh, yeah, so yeah. that's going to be really cool. Yeah. But, you know, it's... Well, and to go back on your point about Free Larson, it's like... You know, people thought Gail Godot was kind of out of left field when that, and yeah. so and there, so I think it's and really hard. And then in to the stop. end, she's just she's like the, the most perfect, perfect Wonder ever. Woman yeah. you could ever have. Yeah, a little so. different, but in the best way. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I think it, it very well could be like that, where yeah, you know, because it's I like oh my god, this was the most inspired choice, right, ever. right. Because right. I can't think. I mean, you know, like the MCU. There's certainly movies I don't enjoy as much as others, but I can't really think of a really bad casting decision in the entirety of the Mickey you know? Rourke. Yeah. Okay, that's her. Yeah. But that's about, but I mean that's, but that's about it. Pretty, like, that's about really it. Really minor character. Yeah. So, yeah. That's yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. So that said, like with how well they've cast all the heroes yeah. in it, you know, I you know. It's oh, and don't forget, Captain America could have been Ryan Phillippe. That's okay. <laughs> just I am, kidding. I am Chris Evans is perfect. I am regularly reminded of that, but yes. yes. Chris <laughs> Evans is perfect. I will concede. Yeah, yeah. But and I'm just really excited to see how well how the movie plays out their origin and then how it ties in at the end you know uh, into Avengers four. Well, that's a lot so, of what people are talking yeah, about yeah. that they were looking with bated breath on this to give us some kind of revelation because you know just as a reminder to people who don't remember the end of Avengers four showed it was an after scene. Avengers three. Avengers. This I'm sorry. Avengers, Avengers three. 4, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Avengers three. Um, the after credit scene, um, Nick Fury, right before some bad shit goes down, he gets a text or sends a text. Sends a message to Captain Marvel. And it's the Marvel logo. And right. so that was our first sort of like... Although there were people who asked if that was Superman in a certain... In my theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but but no, it's, it's... And this guy was like, no, it's actually Captain Marvel. And he was so into it. Anyway, I love that story. Um, there were so many good stories from that screen. You had a great one. Uh, I did. Yeah, it yeah. was colorful. It was colorful. I had people going... Turn the screen back on, like uh, you know, right after, oh. uh, th- like, and it, and uh, they're like, "This can't be happening." I was like, "You realize there's a part two next year." I know, oh, no. like, you realize you're getting completely <laughs> played, but whatever. I mean, maybe that's the point. Play, I mean, play, it's pretty cool. Them, it, it, like, like I like that it had that impact. So yeah, um, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Um, but anyway, so so go ahead with the rest of your thoughts on this trailer. I mean, not too much. I mean, you know, it just gives us little bits, but. I'm excited. I think it'll be. Uh, it'll be it'll, fun. I think it. Like, yeah, I, I think that just based on the trailer, the tone is right for it. In that, it'll be fun enough after the really like grim ending of Infinity War. Um, this will be something a little lighter, but that will also set the stage for her return to the MCU in um, Avengers Four. And it'll be really exciting to see what kind of role she takes on in the future. Now that you know, I think the original team is kind of phasing out. Um, whether that means death or not, but you know, but right, like, right. Um, I, yeah, you know, it is about time for like a refresh. Players, we're, we're, yeah. we're heading to the end of phase three, right? Um, that means players um, like her and Black Panther will take a more prominent role. That means with the end of phase three, that means um, Captain Marvel, uh, Spider Man. What is it called? Uh, Far from Home. Far from Home. Yeah, and um, and Avengers. Avengers 4, is in the and middle that's of that. It. Oh, oh, yeah, is it's, it? It's Captain Marvel, Avengers Four, then Spider. Oh, I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, I guess it would have to be. It has Spider-Man's to be modern day. Right, right. That's right. Right, right. Um, so, and, then, and it and, supposedly and, takes place like seconds after the ending of Avengers 4. So we, Oh, weird. Yeah. So Spider-Man Far From Home is the end of Phase 3? I guess. I, like, um, or we don't Well, know. I think Avengers is really going to be the big... Like, Far From Home, like, it'll be next year. I don't know if that it constitutes as Phase 3 or Phase 4, but I'd have to check on that. 
I kind of lost track, keeping track of like which phase we're in, uh, and just kind of. Well, it's significant. I mean, yeah, I know, but um, but yeah, but don't worry, I won't hold it against you. You know almost everything about the MCU, so one little detail is okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but that's Captain Marvel, man. Yeah, I'm excited. So that comes out in is it February or March? I know it's the first one March. this year. March. Festival. March 2019. Yeah, yeah. Which is, it, it snuck up on us. When I first heard the date, it, I don't think it changed. When I first heard the yeah, date, yeah. or maybe it slightly moved up. Right. But when I first heard that date, I was like, oh my God, that's forever from now. Here it is. Yeah. It came. Yep. yep. Um, and also, oh, no, one more notable thing. This is the first um, fully female-led right, right. Marvel film. Right. Um, right. So obviously we had big roles, Black Widow. Um, the Wasp. And The Wasp. Yeah, she yeah. co-headlined. Yeah. But there's never been a headliner female, yeah. so it's a big deal. Right. And who better to do it than Captain Right. Marvel, so. And it'd be really cool as her franchise continues to bring Kamala. I mean, they they said they brought, they have plans for Kamala Khan. Um, in the oh, future, yeah. Which would be oh, really yeah. I mean, it's yeah. perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. I mean, they, they should. She's, what's great about Kamala Khan, and this is all I'll say about it, is not only is she an amazingly great um, addition from a diversity perspective, but she's just such a great character. Oh, yeah. No. And her stories are so much fun. It's yeah. Just, yeah. That'd be really cool. So, that's Captain Marvel. The other big MCU news is that, and this was kind of a surprise, um, so, you know, the Disney streaming service is coming out next year, which I'm not really excited about, but you probably they're get it, sucking though. me in now because yeah. they're, um, they announced that they are going to produce MCU miniseries on there for characters that, the ones that they confirmed on there um, are going to be Scarlet Witch and Loki. Oh, so God. each of them will have their own, like, six to eight episode miniseries. And like the oh like my god Loki and I just like but Scarlet Witch heck yeah I'm gonna watch that but I yeah. just have to say if we thought we were already at overload with MCU content yeah, this is too much man yeah, but, I mean isn't it true that even the Marvel needed... ones are the Marvel ones MCU they are aren't they oh yeah yeah the Netflix ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 oh my god but the thing is like Feige is not as interested in those but I think we like I don't think these two shows would exist if it weren't for the Disney streaming service the reason they're doing this is because they need some way to entice people to get over there because yeah. like, right now they just don't have enough incentive for a lot of people like me and i mean i love disney movies but it's you've it's not seen enough. All i've of seen them. all of them or, and own it's, uh, them or own them and it's like it's not enough original content on there but now they're trying to suck us in with things like this and then a live action star wars series that john favreau is heading up yeah. um and all these things so i'm like Gah! but so it's to that point where we've had this conversation before, but where there are going to be more streaming services than we can afford now. And it's just like every network and company has their own streaming service. Um, but yeah, that's the latest project that there. So it'll be characters like that that aren't, you know, top tier enough to have their own standalone movie, but that are integral parts of the MCU. And that people love, right? Yeah, people yeah. love Scarlet Witch. People love some Loki. Yeah. So it'll have Loki, to be before I'm he like, died, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Loki, I, honestly, I mean, yeah, you can definitely make it. I don't really care as much about that, but Scarlet Witch. They're not animated. They're, they're No, they'll be live action and they're going to have, um, you know, like hour long and. and- I, they haven't specified, but I probably would so, almost every yeah. drama is. Yeah, I would imagine so. But I mean, they'll, and they'll bring the actors in those roles to this. Um, wow. But Big. so those are the ones that they announced. They'll probably have more. Um, cool. But yeah, so that so no confirmation on when that's going to happen. I would imagine around twenty twenty or so, something yeah. like that. But yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. So um, that's the big Marvel news this week. DC has some all kinds of weird ones. Um, First off, so, and this isn't confirmed, it, I was trying to follow the news story, and it was just kind of all over the place. 
at first, this was about a week ago, all the headlines, Hollywood Reporter broke the story, and then all the headlines followed, saying Henry Cavill, Cavill is no longer playing Superman. Um, and that was all over every entertainment site and was the talk of Twitter. And, like, within hours, they said, you know, Michael B. Jordan was among the um, top candidates uh, Marvel, I mean, uh, DC and Warner Brothers um, had picked to replace him, that they were planning for a reboot and all these other things. That was all day on September 12th. And then the next day, Henry Cavill posted this really weird... I'm still oh, I, I was hoping you were going to mention well, this. Like, what is this? He's so basically like, what he does, I watched Oh, yeah, yeah, it. I so did too. What I'm, he does is it's Henry Cavill and he puts his like dour-looking face on the screen yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. And he takes this like Superman action figure in yep. its package. Not right. not the figure, but in right? It was in its yeah. package. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he makes it fly up in front of him in slow motion. Right. So it's not like it's going down or being thrown right. or smashed. It's just like this music plays. Right. What is the music? It's like uh, like it's one of those like 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 uh, patriotic songs. Yeah. Um, I forget. Uh, but anyway, it's it just and then he's like it's like so imagine this dun 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 and then like this Superman is just going up. It covers his face. Then it uncovers his face and just goes off the screen and then the thing goes to black. Yeah. It means nothing. It says nothing. It and then in the bottom confirm. it says in the bottom it says. Um, uh, big day for Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? I don't know. And like, nobody Warner knows. Brothers, still, Warner right? Brothers' only response has been like, um, "We're unsure yet. We have a gr- regardless. We have a great working relationship with Henry Cavill." And yeah, but like, so there's still no confirmation either way of what's going on, which has pretty much been the entirety of the DC cinematic universe They're for the last few years. Mess, man, it's um, a big. I mean, just, just look at. Bad. We'll talk about it in a minute. Just look at the Batman handling. Yeah. To know like how disjointed and fucked up it is. Well, Ben Affleck's in rehab right now. Is he? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. So I, it's just yeah. Poor but. Jennifer Garner, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, speaking of which, I just heard she has a new show coming out on HBO. Oh, really? Called Camping with David Tennant. Really? Yes. Okay, cool. Nice. Anyway. Okay. But yeah, the, all that to say, it's just who knows what is going on there. I mean, if I were Henry Cavill personally, like, because he, the reason people were speculating whether he'd be able to do it or not is because. He just accepted a role on The Witcher. Oh, uh, hell and, yes. Yeah. And, I mean, he, if I were him, I would definitely put... I mean, because I'd be like, yeah... Everybody I mean, hates been... me because I'm Superman, and they love me in everything else. Right. I so, star like, in Mission Impossible. People think I'm the shit. Right. I mean, I, and, I mean, he hasn't... Ha- I mean, he's been hearing rumors about Man of Steel 2 forever, and that's not happening. So, I would definitely go with a more... Pro- a project that people already love and that's going to happen. And that he can define is, and redefine right. instead of one where everybody just compares him unfavorably for right. any number of fair or unfair reasons. Yeah. The Witcher on that topic looks amazing from what we've seen. Yeah. And what's really great about it is whenever they show, like like on these websites, they show uh, that the, the news came out, they show a, a video clip of when Henry Cavill is walking like intimidatingly towards that Asian um, assassin yeah, yeah, in yeah. Mission Impossible Fallout and he's just like coming at him in that bathroom brawl yeah. you know, that which was like I think one of your favorite scenes of that movie and it, it, it yeah. it's like oh my god there's Geralt there's right. the Witcher he looks just like this badass Witcher coming at you yeah, I mean yeah. he's perfect for yeah. that role sure. it's inspired casting sure I mean yeah I would definitely go with a project like that over you know the DC universe that you know, one knows what's going on, and I mean, the even I mean, yeah, he has played Superman, but he hasn't. I mean, he's been in three movies and really hasn't got his chance to shine yet because it's just except that awesome like, bathtub scene with Amy Adams, oh where the two of them are so romantic. It's so sweet, isn't it? 
Uh, we are gonna never gonna live that one down. Yeah. But yeah. Um. Uh. But yeah. So I mean that all. But that there's nothing say, there's, to say. So we don't yeah. know anything more about Michael B. Jordan or any of that no, yet. No. Okay. That was all, all right. like. And I. That's why it's so. That's the thing about like especially entertainment news today is the worst about clickbait and rumors and we it's impossible to stay and we're not hollywood insiders so we don't know but even the journalists that are up front they're supposedly the one to be the trusted news sources here don't know what's going on either but yeah right so time will tell i guess um but on that note while we're on dc so you want to talk about joker next yeah, okay. I do. So you did see the video reel? I did. Okay. So basically, um, it, Todd Phillips is directing. Todd Phillips is directing, and this is separate from the DC Cinematic Universe. They're just doing a standalone Joker origin movie starring Joaquin Phoenix. And uh, uh, so far, uh, looks good. Yeah, and now it really does. I mean, I like. I mean, I think DC would be much better off doing stuff like that, where it's more standalone or focus more on their animated universe. I mean, it's clear that they're not... They don't have a Kevin Feige on board. They're not good at building this interconnected cinematic universe. And that's okay. Like, maybe that's not... That's just not their thing. And, you know, well, they, I'm way you know, more excited about a Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie than I am about anything else going on in what's, the supposed... What's interesting about this, actually, is I remember when I was first getting into comics and I was making the switch from independent, uh, creator-owned um, books that were non-superhero into superhero. Mm-hmm. I remember people used to say Marvel is much harder to get on board with because everything is tied into everything. They tied in a lot and then they reboot a lot now. These well, days, that, well yeah. that's I'm talking about in the past. That's I'm true. talking about yeah, yeah. Their, their legacy for sure. 60 years. Sure. It was always like very impenetrable because if you read this book, you got to read this, this, and this, and they're sure. all tied in. Sure. Whereas DC, people used to tell me, was much easier to get into. Again, this, I'm not talking about right now. No, I'm talking right. about yeah, how yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's much easier to get into because you can just read Batman or you can just read this. Sure. And I, I just had a flashback memory of that when you just said that thing because it's like it's playing out yeah it's like marvel is so well suited to having a an interconnected universe right but dc uh, you know yes they haven't done the best job of it also but even if they had maybe it just isn't as well suited for an interconnected universe maybe it is better at standalone stories that maybe have little teasers about each other but that aren't worried so much about some continuity and all that that's a really good point. I mean, it's just a thought. You no, know? it really it makes sense, and you know, I, and yeah, I kind of think that would be a better direction for them because, like I said, I think the Joker could, movie could be. very What do you successful. think about Joaquin? I think it's a great choice. He looks great. I mean, he looks good. And I, I like mean, the little flicker of a smile he did. It was yeah, great. Yeah, 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 he does yeah. this little flicker like he's just being. So instead of Jared Leto, which is like, and again, I don't think we got to see the full Jared Leto experience that it could have been. Yeah. But well, from what we saw, it was just very like. There wasn't a lot of subtlety to that right, performance, right. whereas this performance looks like it's got like here's a normal dude, and then like what flicker of, of evil, you know, you like, really subtle and good. Yeah, you remember in Dark Knight, um, in the opening scene when they have the Joker masks on them when they're robbing the bank. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Okay, so the those masks reminded me of the Joker makeup here. Like, oh yeah. Design there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I think he looks really great as non-Joker, like just as, I think they're calling him Arthur or something here. Um, okay. which, uh, they just made up a name. I mean, okay, Jack, Napier, he doesn't have one, right. Jack Napier is like the most common one, they, but, uh, but yeah, they, I think they did give him, uh, 
name just for the movie's sake. Well, it's, I, I'm just but surprised I, I that they're letting. There. I'm surprised they're letting them do, or the the DCEU powers that be are letting them do just a standalone thing. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. But hey, you know, you do what you got to do to make money, and and if you know, it's like they put themselves in a weird spot. The Suicide Squad, although it was, you know. A lot of people, panned, yeah, whatever, right. Yeah. But it did make money, and a lot of fans so really enjoyed it. Right. right, a lot of fans really well, especially. But a lot, yeah. You know, some people like VVS, but I mean, Suicide Squad yeah, was yeah, pretty yeah. well received by a lot of like fans, f- yeah, yeah, shallower fans, right? Yeah. Just people like to see movies. They're like, oh, Joker and Harley, it's so cute. And I mean, the things I heard would would make you like roll over in your grave. <laughs> but still, like you know, people <laughs> no, enjoyed get, it, yeah, yeah. and so I they put themselves most, right. Yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah. So they put themselves in that direction of like this is the Joker and Harley and Batman kind of the direction that's going to go in and they put themselves in a corner because there's not much that ties in well with that and these more serious movies they want to make and it's just a big old mess and it's just not easy so now what do we now have announced for what's going to happen with that oh, with the rest of the with stuff the DC, yeah do you know any of it yeah I from last I heard Flash is still happening because um, the, I hate that Flash. No, I know. I do too. But because um, John Francis Daly, the guy who played um, the lead in Freaks and Geeks back in the day, and mm-hmm. he's writing and directing now, uh, he co-wrote Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, him and his writing partner, they're directing it, supposedly. Okay. That's changed like directors 5,000 times. Um, what else? The Batman, maybe. I don't know. Matt Reeves directing. But, but I don't know probably if not Affleck. I don't, I don't know if we have Affleck. I, it's very unlikely. He's in rehab right now. Even before that, he expressed disinterest in it. Um, and I just been, don't understand. The whole point yeah. of, of Batfleck was that he was supposed to, and I always, always say this, but it's true. The whole point was he said, I'm going to play this role in this shitty movie so that I get to direct my Batman. Yeah, yeah. And then he and then he like decided not to do that. And then, and and then from, now he's out totally? And I saw something that like the script he wrote one of the crewmen or something like that said it was like the best script, Batman script he had ever read. What is going on? I don't know. I don't why don't know. we get that movie? I sound like Seinfeld. But why don't no. we have that movie? <laughs> why not? Get, anyway. get your angry pitchforks out and everything. I but mean, yeah. it's just, yeah. it's just. Now I it's, would have loved to have seen the dark, yeah. gritty detective Batfleck yeah. movie. Like, Wonder Woman two is happening. That'll be the Wonder Woman uh, sure, nineteen eighty four, sure, of course. Sure, but yeah, that'll yeah, be. I mean, that's a, that's, a sh- that's, that's a sure shot. Yeah. It's a sure shot as a, as the Black Panther right. next movie. Right. I mean, beloved. Right. Um, um, but aside from that, I really don't know. Wasn't I mean, there like a Suicide Squad? Other. Oh stuff? well, next year. I mean, Aquaman, of course, coming up, and then Shazam. Um, Suicide Squad. They are talking like Suicide Squad two. Harley and like a bunch of female like, like thing. Uh, Gotham um, City Sirens. Gotham City Sirens. That's right. Right. Um, Is that then, happening or not? Do we know? I can't get Do any care. Do you, uh, do yeah. you think it? I can get confirmation on anything. Of course. They've not. announced like a dozen. Uh, they announced Nightwing. They announced Batgirl. They, I mean, yeah, Joss Whedon was going to write and direct a Batgirl movie at one point, then he left, and so like it's just impossible to keep up with these anymore. So I just I don't really until like. I see, I'm in a theater, I see a trailer, and I see a release date, and even then I'm a little skeptical that it'll come out or not, but until that happens, I'm not going to confirm any of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, as well you shouldn't. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, um, next and up. And the last one I have, um, so I, I, if you were on the internet, you probably heard about this this week, but um, so DC's Black Label imprint started this week, which we've talked about on the show, it's, uh, you know, they... DC is really good about creating imprints like Vertigo, um, Rich's favorite, um, 
Uh, I'm drawing a blank on it now. The um, 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 young um, animal. Yes, so, yeah. thank you. But um, but anyway, they do these kind of imprints that are more creator own, a little more toward mature readers. And so, Black Label was their latest one that's um, curated by Mark Doyle and is um, just sort of like Vertigo-ish superhero stories in the DC universe. So very standalone, but meant much more for mature readers and um, meant to be darker, grittier, and. You know, and so Batman Damned was the first one of these. It's a book written by Brian Azzarello set in a world where the Batman finally killed Joker and dealing with the repercussions of that. And it's just a solo story. But none of that really mattered because the only thing that caught the Internet's attention this week is that in that book, they show for the first time a fully nude Bruce Wayne. And so, you know, Batman's penis. penis is that. Yes. Um, and so that, of course, took the Internet by storm. Um, and yeah, I mean, the book sold well as a result. It was, uh, they were out of copies that the, um, circumcised or uncircumcised. Have you seen the pictures? <laughs> I don't even know. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Probably sure, circumcised. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah. Um, crazy. But, crazy. Yeah. You gotta love, that's the Twitter age we live in. So, um, just a little, yeah, slide story there. But, but I mean, hey, it's a, it's a I mean, the, so that imprint is off to a good start because of publicity like that. Hey, that's a, hey, they, yeah. they knew what they were doing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, it may have been initially a creative decision that right. was inspired creatively, but certainly once it went to editorial, they were like, okay, we know we got something that's going to blow up here. But if it is like it's a darker imprint, right? Right, right. If it is going to be like their mature darker imprint. Well, but the thing is, though, after it got out, then they were the second printing. Um, is a censored, so it doesn't even have. Yeah. What? But yeah, I know. Which doesn't make sense. It's like you. Why? Why? I don't know. I thought it was supposed to be a, a mature. Yeah, I know. So. So wait. So he's got so pants I, on now. I guess I don't know. Like I don't suck. Know. Or if it just like the panels smaller or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Man, if you're gonna show <laughs> bad penis, bad penis has been shown. That's it. That's it. Yeah. It's out. Yeah. Whatever. All yeah, that's gonna do know. is make more people want like a picture of it. Yeah. So the the original version though is a very big collector's item as a result. But yeah, yeah. Wish I had one. <laughs> didn't you pick it up? No, I why was didn't sold you out. pick it up? Oh, it was okay. sold out by the time okay. I got there. But yeah, okay. I was gonna get the book anyway. But yeah, it, it sold out because yeah, that book today. Yeah. Uh, it's fun saying bad penis. I don't know why, man. I'm sorry <laughs> to admit dare. that bad penis. bad penis. It's fun to say. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. Anyway, okay, rolls off the tongue. Yeah. All, All right, right, man. So that's news. Um, what a big chunk of interesting stuff. Very. Quite a quite a range, shall we say? I would say uh, the highlights being Captain Marvel and the Joaquin Phoenix thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, that's that's, uh, and then the lowlights maybe Henry Cavill's Cavill, fucking yeah, video. Like, uh, yeah, Don't yeah. frustrate us, Henry. That's the thing. I was like, why would you post that? And it makes no I'm sense. Saying. Why is there an action figure in here? It's really, know. it's very, it's very. If it wasn't Henry Cavill, it was just some dude. It's very like the kind of Instagram dumb shit you might see. Like some guys just like look. You know, but like it's Henry Cavill, and he's like making a statement on a big day, and oh, it's anyway, it's frustrating. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, all right. Let's do watching what we've been watching and reading. Do you want me to start? I do want you to all start. Right. Well, I will start with um, kind of tie into our first news story. All right. Um, so do it. I, yeah, I mentioned the Last Airbender. So the head writer of Last Airbender, um, Aaron Azaz, I think that's how you said. Um, not DiMartino and Konietzko, but one of the head writers. On oh, the I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. They're saying, yeah oh, I didn't yeah, realize yeah, that. Yeah. Okay, I thought it was them. Nope. Um, but um, him and other people that worked on the show as well, I'm sure, in the animation department and whatnot. Sure, sure. Um, but they, uh, he de- debuted a new series on Netflix called The Dragon Prince. Um, it is a 
Um, the first season just dropped on there. It's nine episodes, only 25 minutes each, so it's a pretty easy binge watch. Um, but I was definitely interested in checking this one out when I heard about it. Over, I think I saw the trailer about a month ago or so, um, and I absolutely loved it. I watched. I mean, and you know me, I do. I mean, usually like, uh, um, usually on this podcast, it's like I go through all the comics going on in the, the world, mm-hmm. and then. I'm used, and then Rich tells me about all the shows he's been watching, right. behind, and I'm usually like, "Yeah, I haven't watched that. I'm behind." I'm I need behind, to see behind, it. Behind, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. So I felt so good. I'm like, "Hey, I actually I watched a TV show all the Front way through. to back. Yeah, new so I something new. I did. I did something new. I well, that's why it. we make really good co-hosts. And another reason is you love animation. So right, right. It's like it's the perfect combo. It is. All right. But um, so I absolutely love this show. I can. I really hope they get a season two, and I can't wait for that. Um, but basically, it's a, so as I kind of talked about earlier, that how Last Airbender was a response to Harry Potter and all of the pop, pop culture zeitgeist at the time. This is the tone of Last Airbender and a lot of the same elements with that also is a response to the cultural phenomenon of Game of Thrones. Um, and so basically, the story is about these two human princes, one of whom is played by the same guy who voiced Sokka in Last Airbender. Um, and you know, it was so cool seeing him back here. Um, and he plays a very similar character, but there are two human princes, uh, princes of one of the human kingdoms. Um, and the humans have a long standing rivalry with the moon shadow elves, um, and the dragons. And it dates back to when, um, in the last battle, they um, killed the last dragon egg, so the um, the mother dragon's egg. and as such destroyed that legacy so the moon shadow elves um send one of their assassins to kill these two princes as a way to you know wait to get their revenge and what ends up happening is the three of them form an alliance because they want to restore peace between their nations and it sets out on this journey i don't really want to tell what the catalyst for that is for people who haven't watched the show yet because the the way the show set up the pilot is really the first three episodes into one because the catalyst that sets the stage for the entire series happens at the end of episode three. And I'd rather not spoil it. You probably, I mean, if people have been reading about it, you've probably seen it. How many episodes are there? Nine. So okay. it's pretty short. Um, but um, but I absolutely loved it. I, I The writing is solid. It's a really diverse cast. I actually did a column about it this week for the SMA site because there's a deaf character introduced awesome. in episode four. And it does such a good job handling about it because... Um, it's not a plot point. They doesn't make a big deal out of it. It's just like the it's he's their, deaf. That's yeah, what it is. Her. It's um, oh, she. It's their aunt you know, who's a general in the uh, in their kingdom. Oh, um, awesome! So not only is she deaf, yes. but she's fully functional. Yes, yes. She can do everything. High ranking general, awesome. and, the, and like, awesome. and you, when you're watching it, it takes you a minute to even realize it. It's like she has her companion um, slash translator with her, um, who translates for her, cool. and that's it. yeah, it's so cool. So it handles That's that really, really well. That's really, cool, it actually. Really I'm smiling over here. Oh, it's great. It handles, I mean, it has really strong female characters. You could even do interesting I mean, plot points around yeah. it. I mean, yeah. not exploitive ones, right, but right. you know what no, I mean. I know like, exactly just like, it's just a, just another fact, yes. just like, you know, anything else. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I wrote about that exactly. So um, so that was really cool to see. But, oh, it's such an engaging story. And like I said, the tone of Last Airbender, because it really, the three of them, um, Callum and then Ezra and the Princes, and then um, Rayla, the Moonshadow Elf, they are very much like an Aang, Sokka, Katara uh, trio, um, and they just work so well together. And it has that very 
you know, just childlike tone to it, but it's also this big epic scope of a Game of Thrones type plotline. The villain is so cool. There just really may be dragon eggs it. involved. Yes. Just a little. Um, and then the villain is awesome. Um, yeah, it ends the season on a huge cliffhanger. Uh, and season so in like, quotes. I mean, yeah, it's such yeah. as Netflix is weird with the way they do animation. Right. For example, Voltron, which I've been wanting yeah, to watch. Like five episodes summer seasons. five, yeah, summer yeah. twelve. You yeah, know, it's like yeah. what? It's yeah. and and also like that Joel McHale show they put out and then canceled subsequently. Right. Like the first season was like six or eight, and then they put out another season of six or eight. But like they're like half seasons that are called parts. It's right. weird. Right. They do what they want, and that's fine. But oh, it's that's just, fine. Yeah. You know. just... But with animation, it it often. I'll give you a great example. Now I know what I'm thinking of. Castlevania. They put okay. that shit out. It, it was beloved, but they put out the first season with four stinking episodes. Wow. Four. And they called it part one. Like, that's just not enough. No, it is. And I, it's like, well, in like Last Airbender, they were, I mean, it's three seasons, but they were 22 episodes each. So, like, you got a full story arc in each. And this one does, I mean, it, like, I mean, it has an ending to the season, but it also sets it up, leaves them on a huge cliffhanger. Um, in terms of the conflict with, you know, the heroes and villains here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things are about to really explode. Um, so that said, I really hope we get a season two. And I hope, you know, that either it's going to be longer or they get to just tell the story that they want to. Um, but I this is one I could see going on for a long time. They just set it up that way. Um, I love the characters. I love the world building. Some people online were complaining about the animation. I loved it personally. Um, I thought it was a nice fusion between sort of classic animation, 2D, and a little bit of 3D-esque, um, you know, but not like, I mean, that's what, as much as I love Clone Wars and Rebels, I was never big on the animation mm-hmm. there. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm not the more, hugest fan of that style. No, it's a, uh, this one, it, like, people said was too tacky and weird, I thought it was, just, it flowed really nicely. Mm. Um, there's like, like I said, there's like some little 3D-esque type things, like when they're in fight sequences and whatnot, but I thought it worked really well. Um, but I mean, I just love the imagery, the world building. Um, I'm really excited, you know, learn more about these characters and see where the story goes from here. Nice. I highly recommend it. Nice. Yeah. Well, I also basically binge watched uh, a new show, um, and, uh, it's called American Vandal. This show, uh, it's- You finished season two? I did. Yeah. This show is ridiculously good. This show is so good that I can't do it justice telling you about it. It is- an example in life when something is so far superior to the sum of its parts. If you, so, what this series is, American Vandal dropped last year, the season one, and the you can big, go back to pre- previous episodes to hear his thoughts on season one, ranting yeah, about yeah, how yeah, much yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah. But basically, the idea was um, who drew the dicks, which was there was this big vandalism crime at this school. And um, there's this guy that's just this sort of like Joker, practical Joker guy, um, who makes YouTube videos of practical jokes, and he gets blamed for having vandalized like 25 um, faculty cars in the parking lot. And then these two students, uh, Kevin and Eric, I believe, they um, they basically start making a no Peter uh, anyway. The, the, yeah. They're two students. They start making their names never become important. They start making a documentary because it's happening at their school and they feel like this guy has been falsely accused. And so what proceeds is eight episodes of the most intelligently realized, insightful, just 
you know, it, it, it's all about them exploring this school and the ecosystem of the school and all the different characters. So there's the gym teacher who thinks he's hot shit and, like, thinks all the girls think he's hot and he kind of acts like a kid even though he's an adult. There's the dean who's, who's you know, holier than thou and, and looking for scapegoats and, and maybe involved somehow. There's... You know the students. There's the there's the jocks and the princess and the different people, and they all have opinions and they all have different allegiances. And it's like we were friends at this point, but then we fell out. And in all of this stuff, it's so authentic and real. I'll give you a great example. And so, and by the way, this whole thing is done in mockumentary style. Right. I love documentary. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But I was even going to say, even if you don't, don't think of this show as a drama that just has a mockumentary presentation. Yeah. Because it is a drama about these students and this situation. But it's handled in a way where it's like an investigation into a murder, but except it's a vandalism event. And so they do things like they take really seriously stuff that's kind of jokey, but it does have an impact. So it's like, it's like, you know, they get real serious about something silly, like there was there or wasn't there a kiss between this really goofy guy who's claiming there was a kiss on this pier with this really hot girl at summer camp. So then they go to the summer camp and they do like trajectories to figure out if this kiss really took place and who could have witnessed it from what vantage point. Right, right, right. And then, so on one hand, it's like that's ridiculous. They're doing forensic work about whether a kiss happened or not. And that is ridiculous and it's funny at the moment. Mm-hmm. But then it loops back around because it actually does matter to the case. So it's like it's it's both silly and real in this brilliant way. Yeah. So and it's funny every moment. It's constantly funny. The characters they draw are hilarious. And it's hard to do a really quality look at high school that yeah. it feel the characters feel real that it does because even when a writer, th- I mean, that's what I love about Freaks and Geeks so much. Yeah. It was one of those that it did, it didn't feel, you know, wasted. It was just uh, that the experiences there, the relationships, they felt so much truer to an uh, the high school experience that, and you know, it, it didn't feel confined to one era either. Like there were things that I loved in Freaks and Geeks that applied as much to when I thought about my high school experience as it did, you know, in an 80s set world. Right. Uh, but, and so that's what I loved about it. And, and it's hard to do. Usually they're, you know, a lot of coming of age movies and sitcoms are more artificial. Uh, and it's, it's really cool to see when, you know, a team of writers can deliver it with authenticity. Yeah. By the way, the characters' names are Peter Maldonado and Sam Eklund. Gotcha. And they are astoundingly good at just being average kids who picked up a video camera to, like, reveal something going right. on and an injustice as they saw it. Right. Um, that season is phenomenal and it's really funny and the only thing that was frustrating about it, and I said this at the time was the ending they left ambiguous like for a reason because they wanted to make a point out of yeah, leaving yeah. it ambiguous they kind of tell you who probably did it but they don't finalize it and it's, it's just a little frustrating ending and then sure. they also sort of loop back on the satisfaction of the ending and screw it up a little bit but other than that the season is flawless and amazing um, season 2 is better um, it That's is, a high praise. It's better. Yeah. So you would think that this is like a one-off. Okay, American Vandal, they do a mockumentary about these students who investigate a vandalism event. All right. right. They can't do that twice. Yeah. But what they do is they have a little intro at the beginning um, where they show this crime, this new crime that happens, and I'll tell you about it in a second. And then they say, let's give you a recap of what's been going on with, uh, with, with uh, me and Sam. And then they show, they said, our documentary that we made, we posted it online and it blew up. 
And then Netflix contacted us. And then they gave us the resources to be able to make it into something bigger with all the reenactments and all the money and budget. Well, now, ever since it went, you know, huge and Netflix is involved, we can't believe it, but they are. And they've now asked us to make our next, everybody wants to know what our next project is going to be. So our teacher has given us permission as a student project to investigate a new case, um, you know, for a month. And they get to leave their school and go to a student, you know, a senior project. So they go and investigate this thing that they hear about called the turd burglar. So again, it makes you think it's going to be stupid. And even the first 15 minutes are hard to watch because what it's all about is this event, this horrible event, quote unquote, that happened called the brownout. Where I know, I know, this <laughs> oh, is the no, reason no, I have I so thought, much yeah. trouble telling yeah. people about this show because it sounds like everything I hate. Right. Like I hate shit like that. I don't like toilet humor. I don't yeah. like it. Yeah. But this isn't that. But anyway, it is a very small, minute way. Right. So anyway, um, somebody spiked the lemonade. And all of a sudden, all the students everywhere in school start dropping their pants in the hallway everywhere and having to defecate all over the hall. And then pictures start showing up all over of the students, you know, doing – you know, using the bathroom all over the right. place, humiliating them. And it's basically the turd burglar says, I'm going to prove that you're all full of shit, you know, mm-hmm. from the turd burglar. And the thing progresses, again, like an investigation. They come to town. This one girl who lives there um, lets them stay at her house and set up like a murder room, but for this vandalism event. Mm-hmm. And they investigate it for eight episodes. This one, though, so the, the, the last one had... Um, a you know one, a guy who was falsely accused or not, and they had to prove whether that was true or not. This one, um, there's a guy who gives what they think is a false confession. His name is Kevin McLean, and he in early on in this in the episode first episode he admits, yes, I'm the turd burglar, and I committed the three turd burglar crimes. There's two more that happen after. Um, and then Peter and Sam come in because he now is claiming that it was a false confession and he didn't really do it. And so what then happens is they start to unravel the student body there. They interview everybody. They come up against roadblocks and corrupt faculty members. And then they investigate the other crimes, try to decide if there really was a fourth crime or not. There's all kinds of twists and turns. At the end of the day, though, it ends up being a commentary, a beautiful drama about students and what life is like in senior year. But this one is set. The last one was at a public school. This one is set as a private school. And I went to private school. So it is this examination of this hothouse environment and what Mm -hmm. that's like when teachers wield this tremendous power and the reputation is important and this student has tons of money. This student is the the, uh, football star who's bringing in tremendous money and acclaim for our school. My brother went to private school. Right. And what kind of immunity that's scoring them, right? right? And so that's the exploration on this one. So it makes it closer to home for me and I just think the overall superior season of the two. Um, And this Kevin McClain guy is like falsely accused and... And he, uh, ostensibly, you know, a lot more comes out and you realize what's really going on. Um, and it's and it's never, it's not black and white. You know, it's it's very yeah. complex and intricate and interesting. Um, but, you know, he's got like this, he's one of those kids that at a certain point decided that he was going to act smarter than he is. Mm-hmm. So throughout the whole season, he's got a heart of gold, but he's always like, like frustrating with stupid shit he says. Like he'll use a word wrong that sounds big and important because he's like thinks he's smart. He's just, he put on this persona of like, I am dignified. I drink tea. You know, he's that, that guy in, in who you might have seen in drama. Yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of person, right? Sure, sure. And there is a drama school kid also. I mean, it is, this is right up your alley. You would yeah. love this. From all oh, the stuff you tell me you love. Yeah. I, 
always say that, but you're not watching it. You I need know, to watch I know, this thing. I, know, I mean, it yeah. is that good. But this character, he has a, a a band that he started called the Horsehead Collective, and it's him and a couple other people, and they put horse masks on and do really bad EDM music, and they call themselves the Horsehead Collective and bang their heads. I mean, it's just so interesting how these these students and their relationships are explored, and relationships are formed and break up, and I mean, it's just. It's astoundingly yeah. good. And by the end, it culminates in, of course, the big reveal and then subsequent reveals that are amazing and shocking and just so well done and totally believable. And then this, like, five-minute speech by the main character where he sums up kind of what it's all about. And it's like it's like you, you could cry. It's so good. Like, I mean, that is how good this thing is. I mean, it's, it's just I can't do it enough justice. Have it's the one creators of those things. done anything else? Sir? Not really. Yeah. So it's... um. I know they're from Funny or Die. So but, here's Den yeah. of Geek, and they say... I mean, They said, um, uh, for a mockumentary series whose first and second seasons have prioritized dick jokes and poop pranks, American Vandal is very good. I mean, it is ridiculously good. Like, yeah. that is what people say about this. And then um, the co-creators are Tony Yacenda and Dan Peralt. And I don't think they've really done too much more. Um, let's see, uh, Dan, P-E-R-R-A-U-L-T. Um, let's see if he's... Because I don't think... Yeah, I was just curious. Uh, yeah, I don't... Yeah. I, so he's a... Um, he did a thing called Shark Pool. And let's see here. Shark Pool, Extremely Dark, The Screen... Oh, he, he was a writer for Screen Junkies. Oh, okay. Gotcha. At one point. Gotcha. Um, so he's just a guy that's been floating around. Oh, College Humor he worked on for a yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, Honest Trailers he did. Right. So, so you so know, yeah. you may even know what he looks like. Uh, I don't know. He okay. may have been on. But, yeah. But anyway, the, they're those kind of dudes, right? Sure, sure. Um, but, I mean, the show is just so good. So anybody out there, if you want to have just sheer joy for eight hours of your life, watch these two seasons. Yeah. It's just sheer entertainment. Brilliant. I'll check it out. No, I know. I've been. It's been on my list for a while. But awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so that was a big show I watched. I'm also continuing Good Place season two. It's like it like continues to be good. Yeah, it's fantastic. Oh Great. my gosh, it's like everything Jordan's been saying too. Like, I mean, I if you want to hear my thoughts, just go back to what he's been saying. It's it's amazing what they do with the twists on there. The humor is so just vibrant, and I love the characters and the world building. And you know, it, I was so curious too to see how they would um, do season two after the big twist in season one and the reboot and stuff and so and it's amazing what they do so i cool. i'm really looking forward to continuing that um comics wise been reading a lot um first on the valiant side of things so i started shadow man because I oh did you really it. yeah I, uh, okay have you read any shadow man no okay yeah no. i see he's I the really, voodoo superhero right he's the voodoo super i see i really think you would like it a lot because <laughs> i might it's I mean, it's like, if I had to pick two superheroes to kind of mesh, it would be, like, Doctor Strange and Punisher. Like, he's kind of, like, he's got the badass in him, and is sort of, like, really much a loner, and then also has the Doctor Strange-esque things. Like, there's this realm called the Dead Side. He's going in to fight his enemies cool. and all this stuff. Um, and it's really cool. So, I've only read the first volume of Shadow Man, because I was the only one I owned. Um, but I read the Ninjak Shadow Man Rapture crossover, uh-huh. which that one's a lot of fun. Um, oh yeah, it's uh, like I'd gotten it um, at NC Comic Con last year in you know the big pack there, um, Valiant Books, and um, it's a lot. It's basically the, it it does help to read more Shadow Man. Not necessarily Ninjak, you can kind of get away. I mean, if you know the character, you can follow. I mean, you can follow fine. It is a standalone story, but um, but it also helps to um, know a little bit about characters but it's like this girl um teams up with both of them um to 
they're trying to say, you know, like, do you know the story of, like, the Tower of Babel, like, from the Bible? Not um, really. There, it's, like, the where the center of languages evolved, and basically there's this guy, Babel has been locked away in the dead side for many years. Huh. He gets out and is trying to reclaim his kingdom um, from this aged warrior, and they team up. And so it's just a really, really fun fantasy epic um, four-issue miniseries written by Matt Kent. Um, but cool. I and it made me want to read more Shadow Man. So oh yeah, um, yeah. So he's so, a cool yeah. character. He really. Oh, I think you would really like him a lot. I oh mean, man, if I had to. I have Volume One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I would check it out. I, I mean, really, and, and in Humble Bundle, it's just Volume One. We don't get the deluxe. Let me think. I read these as my print ones because I have. But um, I'm gonna check. But you talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why would I, know I love they have the Well, on the Humble Bundle, they have the new Shadow Man single issue because um, there were like four or five volumes of the first run then this crossover, and then he came back earlier this year um, into a new run. Um, So the first issue of that is on the Humble Bundle. Um, But I really think, I mean, he may even, could be one of your favorite characters if you could. Like, it just seems really up your alley. Um, So I would definitely check that out. That sounds awesome. Um, That sounds awesome. And then also reading some stuff from Boom Studios lately. Mm -hmm. So um, there was one book last year that came out that, I mean, it got rave reviews. I'd read the first issue, and then it had been mean to get around to it, just hadn't. But I finally read the first trade, um, and that is Grass Kings, by, also by Matt Kent and okay. Tyler Jenkins. Yeah. Um, and Tyler Jenkins, his artistic style is very similar to Jeff Lemire's, very watercolor. Um, but basically, it's the story of this secluded town that kind of operates on its own as... Not really like you know this uh, a violent out. It's almost, it's more like a utopia than an outlaw gangster type thing. Right. I and mean, they you know they don't subscribe to any government. They have this long history that dates back to like Native American times. Um, and but they live you know they don't contact the outside world. They live on their own. But um, these outsiders start getting in and infiltrating, and they're. Tensions are rising between them and um, their neighboring town, who they have a long-standing rivalry with, and um, tensions escalate when the wife of the sheriff of that town comes into uh, the Grass Kingdom, is what it's called, and um, so it, it escalates into sort of a mini war between them. Mm-hmm. But it is just one of the, it is just it feels like a Cormac McCarthy novel with just brilliant watercolor illustrations hmm. it's i mean really along the lines of southern bastards i mean that good first of all in quality really in quality that yes. good yes. i know it's very good really it's pretty awesome where is it behind me on the shelf there on the okay. far right. right yeah uh it's just um and at the center of the story are these three brothers who are the grass kings one of them uh he lost his daughter years ago and is still convinced that um, either she was murdered or captured when everyone else is telling him it was an accident. And all that said, it does lead into... So what I love about this book, it's a family drama, it's a look at this town, and it's also a murder mystery. Is it a murder mystery straight up? Like, not like straight... But it'll... It's gonna be like that in the second... There are 15 issues total, so this is the first Oh, I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, this is not just a single. No. So it like, yeah. So it'll there's two more of those. Oh, like one wow. of them's out, but like um. Oh, you're gonna jump yeah. and get it. I'm yes. sure. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I didn't realize that. Yes, I actually I wasn't sure how long it went either. I knew it was a limited run, but I wasn't sure if it was like one volume or what. 
But um, but yes, lots it, of murder. It lets you in on there. a cliffhanger. It, lots of it's just yeah, I loved it. So awesome. Definitely pick up Grass Kings from Boom Studios by Matt Kent and Tyler Jenkins. Um, like I said, the whole story is done, so you can read it all in trades or in single issues. Um, Wait, so. I thought you said only one more is out. Well, one more trade is out. I don't know if the third one is out yet, but this, the, all the issues have come out, so I don't oh. know when the third uh, oh. when the third book has come out. Because it started early um, 2017, so it's yeah, it's finished. Who's this dude? The sheriff of the uh, other town, Cargill, I think is the is name he of cool? the town. Well, he's more the villain. Okay, yeah, he doesn't yeah. look too cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, but cool. um, so I did love that one. Another book from Boom Studios I read recently. Um, it's called Judas, and it's the story of Judas Iscariot, kind of in a comic book form. Oh, which really? Is really interesting. Um, it was so there's a four issue miniseries that I think started toward the end of last year and then wrapped up this year. Um, but it's really interesting. It, it's I mean I think the story of Judas has been done a lot of times in um, literature and film, and um, oh, it's on my desk. I think if you want to look at it. Okay. But um, but it's pretty cool. It kind of takes you through the afterlife with him after he's betrayed Jesus. Um, him, Jesus, Satan, other biblical characters all show up. Um, I think to the right there. That's where it is. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay, I'll find it. It. yeah, yeah. But um, I really liked it. I thought it did a really good job um, treating the story with reverence. Not It's it's one that you don't have to be really religious to enjoy it. Uh, it's just a really good story in and of itself. The first issue was a little slow, mostly captions. Um, I mean, it's written sort of in the fashion of like a, um, I would say like, uh, um, you know, like the epic poems and stuff. The prose is very um, like that. And then, but the art I really loved. I don't know the artist's name off the top of my head, but it's um, very Mike Manolo. His name is style. Jacob Rebelka. Rebelka, okay. So, and then the writer, he's done some books for Marvel. I think he did Nova and a few others. What on uh, earth made you pick this up, of all things? I'm looking at it. I'm like, this is an odd pick. Yeah, I, I mean, it was an interesting story. I want to check out. And a okay. friend from the shop had recommended it. So. Oh, that there. Yeah. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. But, I mean, I read kind of all the place. I, yeah, in the last week, I've read, like, that. I've read superhero books. I've read indie stuff. So, it, I mean, cool. in comics world, I'll read most anything. Nice. But, yeah. Um, so, I really like that one. And then, only I'll talk about one more real quick, um, a, and that is Oblivion Song, which I had mentioned a few episodes ago. Yeah. I remember the first issue. First trade just came out, and I read it. I think it's a series that reads much better in trades because um, it's just a it's a really high concept book. I think it's really up your alley. I love it, it too, but um, so but mainly I would love it, huh? Right, it looks like me. it. It keeps grabbing me. Yes. I see it. I've been I've been like walking by and seeing it. Yes. So this is a Robert Kirkman book, um, and the artist is an Italian artist. Can you say his name real quick? Absolutely. His name is Lorenzo Di Felici. Okay, gotcha. And then there's Anal Annalisa Leone, was probably the colorist. Colorist, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so the concept yeah. is that Oblivion is this post-apocalyptic town that is separate from our world it's in, like an alternate dimension mm -hmm. and there are people still trapped there and this guy named nathan cole is part of a government agency that's assigned to go rescue them and he's currently trying to get funding because the government wants to shut his agency down because they don't think it's worth it um anymore to go and bring these people back um for one they're hard to rehabilitate because they've been trapped in this world for so long and then two, they just um, 
they think his motivations are more personal because his brother is there and they don't really think he's doing it for the good of the people and that um, it's more personal motivation and yeah another reasons but um, but yes I read the first arc the other day I really enjoyed it it looks first. really good I love the art um, I love the style it's just a really good high concept um, it's a nice twist in there um, the only thing it is a Kirkman series so you're gonna have if you want to jump on it there's no telling how long this will yeah, go on yeah, for it. Yeah. It could be like Invincible, which just wrapped up after 25 volumes, I think. Right. Um, and so, or it could be like yeah. Walking Dead, which we still don't 30, know. Yeah. Oh gosh, it's still going on. Yeah. I'm in 30 something trades have come out, and um, yeah. So just buckle in for that ride. But okay. I will say it's very enjoyable. Excellent. Um, all right. Those are all my comics. Did you have any more before I talk about the Simple Favor real quick? I don't want to talk about it too much because I know you're seeing it tonight. But, yeah, yeah, I just have one one thing to talk about. Go ahead. Um, it, well, you go ahead with Simple Favor okay. real quick. Simple Favor, um, so Simple Favor we mentioned on the upcoming movies episode. Uh, last and I year, was and, freaking out yeah, about it because yeah. I am dying to see this movie. Yes. So I, and I don't want to like, I try not to like give people my impressions too much going into it, but um, suffice to say, I liked it overall. It was, I mean, not great, not bad. Um there's definite Gone Girl references in there. There's Double Indemnity, all these things. I would say it's not near on Gone Girl level, but it is decent. There are some good twists. Um, the pacing's a little uneven, which is probably my main crit- criticism of it. But that said, the performances are fantastic. Um, Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively fit those roles perfectly. Um, and awesome. it was a... I thought it was a cool... It was ambitious for Paul Feig to do as someone who came from a strict comedy background mm-hmm. um, doing... Started with Freaks and Geeks, then did Bridesmaids, Spy, episodes of The Office, and Rest of Development. This was definitely a stretch for him. Um, and it's hard to kind of break into a genre like that. But um, I thought he did a decent job. You know, I mean, if he wanted to return to the genre again, I think he could. Um, but it's more, I'd say, the script I had problems with. But overall I, I think it's decent i think you'll like it overall yeah, i think i'll like it i mean it's, yeah. it's got an 84 percent fresh that's why yeah. i'm surprised at your response a little yeah. bit but yeah i mean you're, you're you're your own person of course but sure but you know usually when things have really good i mean like reasons. i said i love the performances and i like the overall i thought it i mean the overall the story is satisfying i think it's just the pacing could have been better okay. and the tone's a little uneven but you know, got it that yeah. well that, that that can be an issue i'll, I'll give you my thoughts on sure. it we can talk in depth in the next episode i'll be curious about that um, yeah, yeah, yeah. it will be fun to, to, to hash it For out sure. and sort of argue about what's what sure um okay so uh, my last thing is uh i finally have gotten back to daredevil on netflix so you're are you still on season one i'm or finishing it? season okay, one gotcha. um so i thought i had finished it at one point maybe but no and i, yeah. I and and i i got to like episode eight stick gotcha. that's where i was okay and yeah, yeah, it yeah. just so happens that show gets awesome right where i'm at it does um yeah. this is like the part the last three episodes that i've seen i think eight nine and ten are like where that show really shines yeah I um and so finally understanding see i think that that show is it, like all of the Netflix series up until now, and that's changing somewhat, thankfully, with Iron Fist, it's only 10 episodes instead of 13, but even sure. still, I've, I've heard it's bloated in parts. Sure. Um, even the Defenders, I've heard, is like, you know, waiting, 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 and then finally gets somewhere, you know. The point being, I feel, like this, yeah. I feel like this series has like five too many episodes. I, I really do. I know people love it, and I'm, you know, that's fine. Uh. But that episode where there's... An I mean, even as a bit... I, I thought season one was slower. I, yeah. I enjoyed season... I was more entertained by season two. It um, has its problems, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, for example, 
the and I've bitched about this before. The episode where he's sitting in that one building <laughs> under a sniper scope <laughs> with the Russian guy yeah. where people are bleeding out and yep. shit mm-hmm. for fifty five minutes. Yep. Like I want to die. Yeah. Um. It was that's five minutes of content. Yeah. That's all that is. Mm-hmm. Maybe ten. Um. Even the stick episode. They're in his apartment talking for 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And then the flashbacks are good, but it's so drawn out. Yeah. And then, um, now, that said, and also the Wilson Fisk stuff, he's a great character. But until you know his backstory, he's not that great. And that's the problem. Once I learned what he'd been through and how he became the guy he is, I started to understand the acting choices D'Onofrio was making. But before I learned about that horrible stuff with his family, I was like, "What? okay, this guy's kind of creepy and he talks slow and he's got these motivations that he wants. It just seems like it's it's like either, either I don't understand it. It's like, here's the range. It's... It's borderline either I don't understand it or just like a bad performance. Like that's how I was feeling early on. Okay. But then once I got to eight and nine and ten and the relationships really picked up with him and that um, art woman. Yeah, 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 And then the way she like lifts him up and oh my god, it's so good. Right, right. So the, right now I am like smitten with this okay, series. Yeah, yeah. Everything is falling into place. Well, you're getting um, the, time because season three drops out on my birthday. So, I've uh, heard yeah, this yeah. very soon. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm really enjoying Daredevil now. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to just focus in and just like watch Daredevil because I'm loving okay. that one right yeah. now. You know, sure. I may switch over to, to Jessica Jones, but I think finally I'm at that point where like I'm like, you know what? Like, why don't I just sit down and watch this stuff? People love it. Like, sure. let me find out why. Well, and the so, nice thing about the Netflix ones is like, yeah, they're they're interconnected, but... I, I mean, you can just watch one and be fine and then maybe eventually get to another one. You know, like, you don't have to watch them in order of how they came out um, because there are tie-ins, but it's not so stingy that, like, you can't follow what's going on. You well, know? I watched, uh, I, I talked about all this with friend of the show, Tim, um, a couple days ago. And he his thoughts were he liked um, Daredevil season one. Mm-hmm. Um, he liked Jessica Jones season one, I think the best of all. Okay, yeah. Um, he didn't love Punisher. And yeah, I was I shocked. Punisher. I did love Punisher. I was oh, like, yeah. really? You didn't love Punisher? He's like, no, not really. I was really surprised by that. Um, he liked Jessica Jones season two like a ton. Okay. Um, which was different. That's surprising because I heard yeah. a lot of people. I haven't watched season two yet, but I heard that a lot That surprises of people me. Like Why haven't you watched that? There's so many right now. There's yeah. Like, all yeah, but, four came out this year, I know. But, oh, and Daredevil's yeah. the one I'm most into, so yeah. Oh, okay. But I just but, thought that like if it was Marvel MCU, like you're there, you know? Most of that. But the yeah. TV is harder to keep up with. There's yeah. So, many. so um, uh, yeah, for me, I want to watch Runaways. People say Cloak and Dagger's good. Yeah. You know, and. So much. I, I know there is a lot to watch now. It's it's gotten to be ridiculous. I need to get back to Agents of Shield. He was raving about how good that is in like yeah. seasons four and five at different points. Um, but you know, and so he just had some interesting picks on what he liked. He, he was saying that he liked the first half of Luke Cage, but like the second half was he actually went so far as to say stupid. Yeah, it, like it's actually stupid. I, I mean the <laughs> the villains are just kind. Of, I mean, like the villain played by um, what's his name something Ali um, Mahershala. Yeah, like he's great, but it's all it's so drawn out the plot line with it, you know. Uh, so yeah, it's like that season. That first season could have been condensed a lot too. Yeah, I mean. It could just have just been the that one villain. Thirteen episode arc, yeah. It's like uh, I mean, and right from the beginning, it was a problem. Daredevil season one is way too yeah. long. Yeah. Even the intro sequence is boring. Oh, when I that, do like, like the intro sequence. You like right? that dripping over the mask? Yeah, I do. I do. Oh yeah. God, I'm yeah. so 
bored by it. <laughs> okay, that's um, a yeah. Any, anyway, yeah. So I usually love intro sequences, but not that one. Okay. But um, and then and then he doesn't hate Iron Fist as much as other people do. He doesn't okay. say it's good, but he's just like I don't understand the hate. He okay. thought it was fine. Okay. You know, it's it's okay. Sure. And the second one looks like it's going to be kind of a lot better. And yeah, yeah, that, yeah. It really does. You got to admit. Yeah, yeah. It yeah, looks yeah. cool, like him with the mask and really fighting and doing cool sure. shit. So anyway, I've gotten bitten by I've got bit whatever the expression is by the Marvel um, Netflix bug right okay, now. Yeah, like yeah, I really gotcha. like kind of want to watch those. I'm like, gotcha. you know, when you get hyped and you're like really into no, it. No, I don't do it. That's no, how yeah. I feel right now about those shows. So anyway, sure. I'll be watching more of those and we'll have more to talk about as uh, okay. time progresses. Sounds good. Um, on cool. that note, ready for some Spidey talk. I guess. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, earlier this month, I believe on the 12th, I believe it was the 12th of the month, but let me double check here. And it was announced like two years ago, right? I, I yeah. Still I still remember that first teaser image they dropped for it and like some test footage and stuff. Yeah. But, so yeah. Sp- Spider-Man is a, is a, is a game. Um, it was dropped. It was actually dropped on the seventh um, of uh, September. Yeah. Spider Man is a game that, um, or or, or a, a franchise that has been done a lot in video games, going way way back to I like the Genesis the, and then. Go ahead. I, I played the Spider Man two one back in the day. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. there was Spider Man one and two. I th- maybe there wasn't one. Anyway, there's a lot of yeah. them. There was Spider Man. Um, uh, then there was reboot. That one was considered really good by a lot of people. The yeah, web yeah, swinging yeah. was amazing, and blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, there was also a bunch of stuff for 360, and then this new generation. There was um, Shattered Dimensions, which the idea of that one was that, and it was Beanox made all of these mm. games. They were there for a while. They were getting a lot of praise for their Spider-Man games, and so Beanox made um, uh, Shattered Dimensions, which was like, the idea was like there are four Spider-Men. 2099, regular Spider-Man, um, Spider-Man Noir, and um, one other one. And so the four, the, the gameplay was like four different kinds of gameplay. Mm-hmm. And so they would all be split off. Then there was another one called Edge of Time they did, which Jordan always l- loves, but I always like joke with him that the whole thing takes place in one building, and it annoys me. <laughs> and he's just like, but there's a very, it's a very big building. It's a little joke we have on the show. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, then uh, they had to do tie-ins, so they did, there was Web of Shadows, but then they also did Amazing Spider-Man 1 and Amazing Spider-Man Spider-Man 2 as games that were like tied in and really lost a lot from the fact they had to tie into those movies. Yeah. So anyway, um, the license, what they basically did was they said, you know what, we got this great license and we're not taking advantage of it. Let's pair up the Spider-Man franchise with one of the best developers in the business, Insomniac Games, which by the way, um, their previous game, Ratchet and Clank 2016, was made in um, Cary, North Carolina. Oh, cool. So they're, cool. they're like right, or, or Durham, right on the edge of Durham, right, right. Durham and Raleigh-ish. Very cool. Uh, North Carolina. So they're like right here. Um, and then this game, I think, was made at their, their main headquarters. But still, like, this is a story developer. And, and everybody was just like, oh my god, like finally we're going to get this just perfect Spider-Man game we've always been wanting. You know, the gold standard in video games for superheroes, as you know, is Arkham. Right. Um, so Arkham City, uh, Arkham Asylum, which is my favorite of, of the series, then Arkham City, which is most people's favorite, then Arkham Knight, which was a little bit of a fall off the form, um, but still good. Yeah. Um, are like the sort of, and there's origins in between there made by another developer that was also pretty good, honestly. But all four of those games, they, they redefine what a superhero game could be by doubling down on what's great about Batman, by making the gameplay fun, by introducing all the villains, all that good stuff. Yeah. So everybody was like, this is going to be Spider-Man's version of that. And you can listen to our full review and spoiler cast, but what it does come down to is it's that. Um, it is a phenomenal game. It's the fastest selling Spider-Man, excuse me, uh, fastest selling first party game Sony has ever released. Okay. It is bananas. Uh, uh, somebody was telling me that their, um, 
their friends list. I think it was Jordan. He was saying his his Twitter uh, friends list. At least three people have said they've bought a PlayStation Four just for Spider Man. Yeah, I, like that's insane. Yeah, that's talk. Of, I mean, so there's clearly going to be a sequel. There's all kinds of interesting stuff they set up. Miles Morales is in the game. Yeah. Um. So is MJ. Um. I know it's hard to sum up the storyline of a video game. Yeah. You know, not but sure. If you give a brief synopsis, because I remember. The Arkham Asylum story pretty well. Oh, awesome. That. Oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so basically, um, you're Peter Parker, and what's great about it is you're eight hours, excuse me, eight hours, eight years into his life. Okay, so he's cool. 23. Okay, he's cool. not 15. Okay. He did not just get bit. Gotcha. He, he's, when you start the game, he's had a relationship with MJ for a while, but they're broken up, but they're still like weird friends, right? Right, right. Um, they've tried to be partners before. It hasn't quite worked out, and you sort of learn as that as the game goes on. Um, he's working a job for Dr. Octavius. Okay, nice. <laughs> um, I like it already. Right, right. Um, and, uh, you know, they're working on a way to, like, restore people's arms who lose arms in, like, the military okay. and stuff. So okay. that's what they're working on, which kind of, you know, looks like it could lead to something else, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then um, his mom, not mom, May, Aunt May, um, works at FEAST, which is, like, an acronym for um, helping... Um, uh, homeless, the homeless, homeless epidemic in uh, in his city of New York, and uh, May works there under this guy named um, um, Mr. Lee, um, and he is the um, and you know this from the very beginning he's Mr. Negative, um, and so uh, he's basically got these two sides to him: one side where he's a literal philanthropist who's saving the city, and this other darker side where he's really angry at Osborne for something that happened in the past. You can probably guess it has something to do with, you know, his, his how he's now got a, a negative side and a positive mm-hmm. side and, you know, some experiments that may or may not have gone on at some point, right, right? right? But the point being that you get introduced to him as this great philanthropist, but then, like, throughout the first act, you start to see, like, that maybe he's up to something and the second it becomes confirmed, and then, anyway. I mean, they don't they don't really make it a secret. It's just, sure. just like, like a lot of these, these uh, uh, superhero stuff, like, it's pretty clear what's going on right um there are surprises that happen late in the second and in the third act there's devastating things that go down but what it really comes down to is it's it's peter you know trying to save his city okay um and you know throughout that time he meets people like tombstone and black cat and um speedball of all people um i think it's her name yeah i think it is anyway um and um, when is Miles coming? Uh, Miles is great question. Miles is at the end of the first act, and this is as much spoilery stuff as I'll, I'll go into. His father, something happens to his father. Gotcha. Um, his father's name is Jefferson Davis. His yeah. mom is Mrs. Morales or Miss Morales. And I don't understand how he became Morales and not Davis, but it is what it is, right? Um, but he's basically that's how it is in the comics yeah. Uh, yeah. exactly I know yeah, that's, yeah. that's what Jordan was saying I was sure. just like okay yeah. I, I mean it is what it is but that's weird um, but Miles Morales certainly sounds better than Miles Davis actually <laughs> <laughs> For, there, there's the reason probably yeah. his parents were like we don't want you to be tortured yeah, right. I got a good yeah. answer for it now right. so right. we're going to make you Miles Morales um, but he's not super powered at all okay. um, and then you know throughout the game they sort of like show like you know maybe he will get super powered maybe he won't and then there's reveals at the end that maybe he is or is not I won't go into all that stuff it's spoilers but the point is that he's sort of being mentor it's a mentor relationship from Peter on the one hand and then Spider-Man on the other he admires Spider-Man like you know you wouldn't believe yeah. so really the three of them are the three playable characters mainly your Peter of course you web swing it's an amazing web swinging um and the combat's really fun, especially as you play it. So the first you three... change suits. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. about 25 suits. You unlock them and Twi- change I, them. 
2099 on there. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. There's 2099 and 2099 black suit. Nice. So there's nice. a lot of suits. Right, yeah. Cool. Um, and you can wear any one you want. Swing around. But um, he uh, the main core gameplay is Peter running around doing all this stuff, and then there's side quests that you do. The Taskmaster shows up and puts you through some challenges. Nice. Nice. Um, and then there's little side stuff. So MJ is like an investigator. So she'll go around and like sneak around buildings and then like investigate stuff and then like report back to Peter and then maybe he'll have to come in and like do some stuff. And it's cool. And then Miles Morales has this, uh, is it has a little hacking device and he does stealth sequences also where he's trying to like escape from things. There's like two or three of those. All of those are kind of low points because the gameplay is not really well thought out. It's just stupid stealth stuff that's very like undercooked. But they're still fun because you get to be these characters. And I didn't actually have a chance to say this on the other podcast. But what I love about Miles in this game is he is not a superhero. So as he goes around the city, you see the same city you're Peter in not with superpowers you're on the ground you're normal and it's like it just looks totally different it's That's really insane. well done right. and then mj the her sequences would suck also i mean in terms of the gameplay not the, the the story stuff it's cool to be these characters but gameplay wise not that great except that her going around and investigating like a museum and listening in on people is yeah. cool yeah. from a story perspective so a lot of the game tries to subvert expectations you know you have this really warm loving relationship with dr octavius um, and I won't, I won't go into like exactly where that evolves to, although you can probably guess. But just suffice it to say, the game doesn't doesn't go that different. Like okay. it, uh, per, things pretty much end up the way you would expect them to in almost all cases. Um, there are small subversions, like um, uh, J. Jonah Jameson, for example, is a podcaster now, like us. Ah, I like it. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so he doesn't he doesn't work at the Daily Bugle. He's right. a podcaster, an angry one, hates Spider Man as much as ever, but he does it from a podcast rather than um, the paper. They don't ever quite reveal what's up with that. Um, I liked in the comics when they had his dad date uh, Aunt May. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was... That would that, be fun to say about that. Then. That, yeah. that would, it, it, yeah. Um, but anyway, um, there, there's, there's that. He's got a warm relationship with Aunt May. Um, uh, Osborne is sort of this... He's the mayor, and he's, got, he's okay, sort of this yeah. looming presence. His son is not around, but, like, it's hinted what might be going on with sure. him, and by the end, you kind of get an idea. Um... The there is as you see in the trailers five the Sinister Six is in this okay. game but yeah. it's a different Sinister Six, um, and uh, his name is Martin Lee by the way the guy that's the the bad guy he's an Asian okay. uh, villain which is interesting that's different okay. uh, just to have an Asian American as main main character is good um, he was actually invented by Dan Slott I can't believe this but oh, really? I, I believe right, it was cool. in two thousand seven okay. it was created for the Spider Man comics that recently and they made him the star that's which cool. is cool. Um, Spider-Man's main suit is uh, designed, these are little factoids, is designed by Insomniac. They actually made their mm. own version of the Spider-Man suit, and it's a combination of, like, the Venom logo, so it's got the big white spider, but then the regular suit. Okay. And then, like, little white tones here and there. It's cool looking. Okay. I wouldn't I like say it. it's like, I mean, you can still do the, the traditional suit, you can still do 2099, you can do Bat, the, the one where he's a punk rock bat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do yeah. the... I mean, not bat, man. Listen to me. Punk rock uh, spider. Um, spider ham is always on my No favorite. spider ham in yeah, this, yeah. yeah. And then there's also... Um, <laughs> and then there's also, like, you can do one where... Does Gwen show up at all? If she's in it, it's very small. I don't okay, think yeah, so. Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah, so. Yeah, not, yeah. not yet. I don't think sure, she is. Sure. Um, I think they're going to do more of the Spider-Verse stuff in the animated movie coming up. Oh, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Gonna be interesting. But no, this, this one really... 
sort of sets up a lot more stuff between him and Miles that'll come in like a, a sequel game in really interesting ways that, you know, maybe offline when I'm not talking to people who haven't played the game yet, because I don't think, you know what I mean, I'll tell you about right, it at some right, point, but for right. right now I don't want to just spoil all that. But it's it's a really fun game, it's incredibly good experience, I think I dropped maybe 30 hours into it because I collected everything, I'm a collectible nut, sure, I gotta have sure, it all. Sure. Um, I platinumed it, which I don't regularly do with games, because it's that much fun, and not too hard to do, it wasn't one of those where it's like, okay, you beat the game and you have 95% beat the whole thing again on hard to right. get your platinum right. no thanks right. not doing it right. but this one was just like do everything and get a platinum so I did everything and you upgrade gadgets and you do all that kind of stuff anyway long story short you know even Jordan who um, is the most died in the wool like hardcore Spider-Man fan ever was like this game was everything I wanted it to be cool. I mean it yeah. is that good yeah. it's just an excellent excellent game I mean, it's how I felt about Arkham Island back when I still played video games yeah. as a mega Batman fan so I, I well like, I yeah. feel that um, our conclusion on that at least my conclusion on that was um that I still think I like Arkham's Asylum a little better. Okay, yeah. But yeah. it's it's close. Sure, you know what sure. I mean? But I would say still that that's the quintessential best it's ever been. And again, you can't take these things out of their time. Sure. So, sure. you know, that game came out at that point. There would never been anything like it, even yeah, close. Yeah. No games were doing spider super superheroes the way they should. And then that game came out and was like ten times better than anything else. Right. Like it was just the orders of magnitude weren't even comparable. Right. And so this one, you know, anyway, listen to the podcast if you want more, sure. more sort of insight into that we go on and on about it for about an hour and really get dig deep on all the different plot points and all the mechanics and all that kind of stuff point being though if you have not played it and you play video games and you like spider-man at all and again i came into this i like spider-man but i am not a big huge spider-man right, fan right, i right. like the character i enjoyed it i'll see any movie he's in sure. i'll play a video game but i'm not like i even have some of the comics and really like them as we'll talk about in a minute yeah. but i'm not a su- super huge spider-man fan but it does not matter this game is just fun yeah period yeah. it's awesome it's the spider-man fantasy anyway no i appreciate the insight there because i mean like i mean i've heard about it for two years now and i wanted to, i was curious to see exactly now i mean I'm, i knew it was going to be good but i was curious to see yeah the world building and what the storyline and would how be like good and, how and all that yeah, kind of stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly well the, the biggest decision that they made and they did a lot of fan reactions about this to, to make sure they did it right was to not have it be another origin story yeah, they did yeah. not want to do that no, no and that was a that. really yeah. good decision because nobody wants to see him get bit by a spider no. again interestingly anyway I, I, I'll t- maybe I'll tell you some more offline but sure. it's a very very cool game that um, people should play so anyway that is um, you know it's definitely one of the best Spider-Man things It's if I had to pick like the best Spider-Man game it's clearly that sure um, and if, if, and if but I beyond that best pieces of Spider-Man media you've ever experienced oh definitely yeah, yeah. definitely no yeah. question so I, yeah so so I'll be talking I don't watch I, I didn't watch any of the animated stuff extensively so I'll be sure. talking about a movie and a comic that I like the best um, but in terms of anything beyond those this is definitely it cool. for me cool um, well yeah. I guess on that note I'll start on the animation side Great. of things because, do it because it's a good right. way to start right for because for me you know so I'm a 90s kid I was born in 93 so one of my first introductions to the Marvel Universe to Spider-Man to superheroes in general um, well of course it's Batman animated series but at just as much and equally important sort of in my foundations you know yeah, was yeah. the Spider-Man 90s animated series which was just phenomenal. I mean, you know, I still think Batman animated series will always hold, you know, the biggest. I mean, it's just, there's nothing that can beat that. It, yeah, but it's just um, got a certain something. Right, right. That said, the Spider-Man '90s cartoon what has some of the best world building. It has some of the best Spider-Man stories out there. The voice talents were perfect. Um, and one of my favorite episodes from it, I think it was either I'm trying to remember if it was a two or three part, 
but um, it was Daredevil was guest starred on him, and it was so it was introduced as the Man Without Fear, and he and Spider Man teamed up to fight Kingpin, um, and it was one of my favorites. It was my introduction to that character, um, which was instrumental later on when I was reading the comics. Yeah, and um, and so that's will always be one of my favorite episodes. Um, and there were plenty of others. There was they did Center Show Six, they did Venom and Carnage, um, and that was what I liked. It was how much ground they covered in that series. Um, yeah, well, I, I guess I'll just do a little background on it, um, storyline-wise. So, it starts off, um, he's already been Spider-Man for a little while. It's Good. still very early on. Right. But, um, most of the time follows Peter Parker in college. Um, he has relationships with Mary Jane, with, um, uh, Felicia Hardy is on there. I don't think Gwen Stacy ever showed up on that. They, I don't think they ever touched on that. Probably because they couldn't kill a character on a kid show like that. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, Felicia and Mary Jane were kind of the primary love interests. Um, and Felicia, of course, they made it into Black Cat. Um, and then they had everyone from Morbius was on there. I mean, they even had Punisher on there. Uh, they had Punisher and wow. Blade. Um, so, and then, well, it sort of became a, a veritable who's who of Marvel yes, Universe at a certain yes, point because yes. you go long enough. How long was it? I think it was. No, look it up. It yeah, was a yeah. few years. Okay, but, but you I, go I long to, enough, yeah. and you're going to need to really dig a little deeper. Oh, they had to do it. Yeah, so they had um, crossovers with the X Men animated series. They had the Fantastic Four on there, Captain America, and that was the thing. The, all these characters that um, I grew to know later on. This was my first... Five seasons. Five seasons, yeah. And this is the one you're talking about that was uh, 94, right? Yes. And it was... Headed uh, by on, John Semper. On Fox yeah. Kids. Yep. Let's see mm-hmm. here. Yep. Um, yep, John Semper, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was just one of those quintessential shows from my childhood that I still go back and watch on... I think it's on Hulu still now. Though, I mean, it's probably been a year or so since I've watched an episode from it, but okay. anytime I catch it on stream, I always enjoy going back to it. Um, but it was just one of those that had everything I wanted. It was, had all the villains, all the side characters. Harry was a, a big part of it. Um, um, I always thought Harry was a little cheesy on the show. I never really quite, that was maybe the one weak link there. Um, I liked Norman better, but, Interesting. um, but, um, but probably as other than Peter, Felicia was probably my favorite character on there. I love how they did her and um, how they brought her into the Black Cat role. But, yeah, it just, I mean, it went on for a perfect length. Um, they did the Venom storyline really well. Um, yeah, I mean, they had Carnage in there, Punisher, Blade, X-Men. Um, so it was just one of those. But the Daredevil one will always stick out to me because, like I said, that was my introduction to that character. And also Kingpin was a recurring villain on the show throughout. So, um, which fits, too, because he's been, while he's Daredevil's main nemesis, he's been a Spider-Man villain for just as long as well. Uh, and so seeing that team up was really cool. Um, and, yeah, so that was one of my favorites. So on the animation side, that would always be my favorite. As far as the others, there was one, I'm trying to rack my brain around the title, um, but there was a series right after that um, that... It was. I know it merged like aliens and stuff, but it was the same style of animation. Unlimited. Yes, uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Like, and so, it was by Saban. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, that one was really cool. It had to do with like the Venom symbiote and stuff, and like him getting an alien suit from. It um, says it was planet. overshadowed by Pokemon and the newly debuted Digimon, and yeah. canceled after only a few episodes. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Is that is that what the one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, no, it had a very short run. I did really like it though, so okay. I remember that one. 
cool. Um, one probably Jordan, was really cool. Yeah, yeah, it was. One of my Jordan's favorites too. I never watched those. One, it was more Peterson High School. That was the spectacular. Right, Spider-Man, right, right. Which I do want to get. I can never really find it online. But yeah, um, the animation's yeah. weird, dude. It is. It's yeah, weird yeah, looking. Yeah. I've tried to watch that with him a couple times, and he love, love, loves it, yeah. and I respect that. Sure. But man, I, I had trouble, man. I was just like, yeah, but. Because the '90s one, I just love it. It's the what? I, well, it was, and I thought it was a little ahead of its time too, because it did. It was for the most part very standard 2D animation. But anytime he's swinging through the streets, it switched to a kind of 3D digital version that worked really well, you know. And it was sort of along the lines of like what they're doing with the upcoming animated movie. That kind of style merged with classic 2D, and I really love that. So, um, so yeah, it'll always be kind of top tier. Out as far as favorite Marvel animation, I think X Men Evolution is probably the best out of all of them. Better um, than the original X Men. You know what? Yeah. Oh wow. Like because it, it like the storyline was so good. It was better animation. It um, was like the X Men in high school, but then like Wolverine and Storm and them are still adults. That's alive. cool. It was so much fun. That sounds really fun. It sounds a lot like that Joss Whedon run of X Men. Yeah, yeah, was yeah. Really yeah it really does. Yeah, astonishing. Yeah. Um, but that's it. That's my favorite. Epi- my favorite Spider-Man animation, my favorite episode is right there, the Daredevil, Man Without Fear. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Um, so I'm going to move to comics. Yep. Um, and say that uh, I've read probably 40 or 50 issues of Spider-Man total, so okay. not, not as much as some people. There's 800, 900, Jordan more than like that. a shelf of fun. <laughs> we were talking about that when we did yeah. the intro to sort of just get people to understand how big a Spider-Man right. fan he is. And I think he has like 46 trades or maybe 86. It was something, something stupid. Like yeah. Listen to the episode if you want to check it out, but sure. a lot. Yeah. Um, I have eight, maybe. So yeah. I like Spider-Man, but just sure. not to that level. Sure. Um, my favorite Spider-Man story by far is Spider-Island. Okay. Um, I think Spider-Island is quintessential. Yeah. Um, it's everything you want a Spider-Man story to be, but not derivative. Um, I think I, like a lot of people, don't need or want a rehash of the origin anymore. No, no. We don't want that. We've no. seen it so many times. Yeah. Even saying this is old. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I'm bored saying that I'm bored right, saying right, that. Right, right, um, <laughs> So... You know, it, it, that's that is a very kitchen sink. A lot of the events that Dan Slott did are, are, are kitchen sink events, and what I mean by that is everybody's involved, like everybody. Yeah. Usually, there's one villain that it centers around, and this one is no exception. Um, but then it like takes off from there, and everybody is involved. So in this one, everybody on the island of New York has spider powers or is getting spider powers, mm-hmm. and it's just this crazy thing where. All these characters that you know from the Spider-Man universe and even a little bit beyond start having his powers and he's no longer special in that way anymore. Um, And also it causes tremendous ruckus because criminals have these powers. People he loves have these powers. People are putting themselves at risk. They're, They're committing crimes. It's a big nightmare. And so he has to unravel this whole sort of conspiracy slash drama. And it's been a while since I read it, but I remember that. As I read it, I was just, every time I'd read an, ep- an issue, uh, I got the trade is how I read it, and I would just be like, wow, I love this more and more and more as it yeah. went on. Um, and if I remember correctly, it had some really good like like tie-in materials to yeah, it yeah. too, like an Eddie Brock thing that I was really enjoying, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Um, and it w- and the way that the Spider Island trade is set up, it like would intersperse it. So I basically was just reading, and I would recommend this to anybody who really wants to like dig deeper into Spider Man. I mentioned it to Jordan again, who's you know an expert on this, and his take was, you know, this it is one of the if not the best book to just dive into if you want to yeah. like see Spider Man for for all that's great about him. So I would say 
that was my real primer to loving Spider-Man, and and I think it could be yours too, people listening yeah. or whoever. So I just think Spider Island is 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 definitely my favorite. It's a great one. How about you, Matt? Uh, so I'd say my favorite, and I also I'm not read nearly as much as Jordan, but um, but I have a fair amount from uh, trades, and then a lot of my boxes and stuff. That yeah, well, no, you're you're a big Spider-Man fan. I yeah. think there's no question you're a big yeah, Spider-Man yeah. fan. He's one of your maybe top five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Superheroes. Yeah, yeah. Is it Daredevil three? is still my favorite Marvel one, but he's up the but yeah, he's up there though. Is sure. it top three superheroes period? No. Top five. Uh, yeah, top probably, five yeah, does yeah. make it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. But um but if I had to pick my favorite comic storyline, so Spider Verse was up there, it was a running. But if I had to pick my favorite, definitely Superior Spider Man. Um I haven't read it yet, I have it at home. Yeah. So Superior Spider Man, it um so during Dan Slot's run, he had sort of a final battle between uh, Spider Man and Doc Ock that ended with Peter dying and Doc Ock taking over the body of Spider-Man mm-hmm. and or of Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. And so, um, and what he did from there was instead of him trying to, you know, just erase everything about Peter Parker and, or become uh, and, a and, villain or become a villain, he sets out to be the superior Spider-Man, <laughs> which is, sounds cheesy. And it turns into one of the, just the most brilliant arcs, you know, he ever did in his almost 10 year run of the character. Um, he go has in Peter Parker's body. He goes gets a PhD. He starts Parker Industries. Um, he falls in love with this woman um, who's a little person. He um, takes a more um, you know brutal uh, toward approach toward all his enemies. Um, and yeah. that, and what I, probably one of my favorite issues in the whole, it was about 30 issues, I think, the whole run. Yeah. Um, I have it mostly on digital, but, um, for the first part of that, of Superior, you have Peter kind of living inside him as his subconscious, and so you can see Peter there as this, like, ghost-like character, and then there's this penultimate issue where, uh, Otto kind of overcomes that and then Peter's no longer in it so it's literally just Otto for the rest of it and then of course they eventually brought Peter back and you know rebooted in, in a way uh, but yeah it's just a fantastic run um, def- it's one of those ideas that I think in the hands of a lesser writer it could have been really stupid when, but, you, when you first heard about it, people were sh- scared shitless yeah, yeah. A, that Spider-Man be dead forever although right, of course not Right. and B, just that like it's it's just a it's just a bad scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, to have Peter right. Parker gone, um, it's a very hard pitch. I'm sure when they yeah. when he internally pitched that, sure. and um, and just amazing that they let him do it. And now, I mean, like a lot of great storylines, you know, somebody had to say, okay, do it because this is going to be. It's more important right now than the franchise itself. Sure. That we have this amazing, artistically brilliant, you know, thing. Right. Um, and and lo and behold, even though it's less traditional Spider-Man in some ways, it's your favorite. Yeah. And a lot of people's favorite. Yeah. I, I have the first two hardcovers at home. I need to get the third one still. Mm. But I need to read this. And I've I always sat down to do it, but I never have. I want to say I've seen at the shop they have, like, the whole series now in one big I wouldn't book. want yeah, that, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a, that's a heavy one. But yeah. But um, but that said, yeah, definitely my favorite. How good is Spider-Verse? Spider-Verse I enjoyed a lot. It's like, maybe not as, you know, like... Uh, it's more just kind of a love letter to the series as a whole, to the character. You know, it's just, a, I mean, it's not super in-depth or anything, I would say, but it's a really fun, you know, uh, that's where he's fighting this interdimensional demon, 
and basically recruits the help of all the other Spider-Men and right. Spider-Ham and Spider-Gwen and all these characters that comprise the Spider-Verse. To try right. And so um, it's a really fun book. I just, like, that's just one that I enjoy from start to finish. And, you know, you can read that either as just the main series um, or you get all the tie-ins into one book. Um, but it's a lot of fun. Cool. Um, but Superior just to, it is that and so much more. It's just, like, it's one of those concepts that could have been a dumpster fire and instead it's super intelligent and just hits on every level. Nice. Yeah. Cool, man. So, yeah. So, yeah, I think between those three, we've really covered a lot yeah. of the modern ground of sure. the best of Spider-Man. And I've read a lot, you know, I have some of the Marvel Masterworks back when they were still publishing those. So I still love going back to, there's nothing like the Why did they Dave stop Bo. that? That's, I don't know why. Like, they, I mean, like, they did I, I really wish they would bring Marvel Masterworks back because... I mean, I, I'm a sucker for all those. The they older did stories, stop it for that. sure, though. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. I don't print them anymore. Um, they were doing those for all their old books: Avengers, FF, um, Spider-Man, all the Cap. Glad everything. I didn't start a collection but, of them and then yeah, have to have it stop. Yeah, it's lame, but all right. Um, but I do have a handful of those, so they're really cool. But it's cool. always fun going back to the Lee and Ditko original stories. Nice, but. So does that bring us to movies? Then? It brings us okay. to movies, and this to... is probably okay. yeah. This is just as a little intro. This is probably the most um, the the place where Spider Man has had the biggest impact. Yeah. Um, even though he's originally a, a, a comic book hero. Yeah. This movies is, how is where he hit really mainstream. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is this is the critical mass juncture, and I think that all began. Let's do a little intro. Sure. Um, just discussing his his filmic rise so that began with spider-man sam raimi right yes Tell and even before that. well even before that it i mean there it was it was in, the movie was in development for a long time before that it took a while for that one to get made um i've even read a unproduced screenplay that was written in the i think late 80s early 90s that's actually pretty good and like um doc ox the villain in it and it's just for a lot of those characters it would have been hard to do. Like, you can make Batman Superman movies back in the day. You don't need an insane budget for it. Well, I mean, big budget, but, like, the effects were, were feasible back then. But, like, to do Spider-Man Captain America, it just would have looked like garbage, you know, back then. They were trying to do a live action back in the day. And so, for one, they had to wait for the technology to make it legitimate. Um, but, yeah, Sam Raimi made it. Um, this was a few years after he made Darkman. He originally wanted to get the rights to Batman and couldn't, so he made his own superhero movie. So Darkman's Dark good. Oh, I love Darkman. And it's, I mean, that's one of my favorites. And it's kind of, I see that as sort of his audition for Spider-Man. Okay, um, interesting. But yes, he made that in 2002 was the first one. Um, and yeah, that was, it was one of those, I remember even my sister saw it. And like, I mean, mm -hmm. she it was so a far, huge Oh, it deal. was huge. Like, I mean, and I, I, I still, I'll always remember that. Like even my sister who has no interest in anything superhero sci-fi, um, she has seen Lost. You know, I was going to binge that. Oh, but like, but like, um, but, but they like, probably but enjoyed really. it the way a lot of people enjoy it as a character drama. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. But I still remember her in high school coming home and actually talking about that. I was like, what? Like, uh, you know, I mean, and so it really did have that effect because it was, it was something that, um, it had, you know, a perfect casting. Um, I, you know, Tony McGuire really just embraced that role and made it his own. Um, you had Franco as Harry Osborn, um, Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin. Mm -hmm. It was one of those that a lot of people could enjoy because it was more just fun character drama. It had a good love story to it. Kirsten Dunst as Mary Jane. Um, but yeah, that was in 2002, followed by um, great. Well, I'll wait to talk about the others because I don't want to like give away yeah. my ranking yet. Yeah. But um, 
But yeah, we had three movies in that trilogy, all directed by Sam Raimi. Uh, the third one received to less crit- than critical. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was it was overcrowded. Right, apparently, yeah. right, very overcrowded. Have you seen them all? Uh, at at some point, okay, but yeah, I've, yeah, it's yeah. so long ago. Gotcha, like okay, I saw yeah. them in their time. Right. Okay. Um, and I've gone back and watched one again relatively recently, and okay. part of two. No, I didn't get to two yet. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. but that's kind of where I'm at. I gotcha. Um, and then it was in two thousand. What year was it? The answer first Andrew Garfield. Can you look it up? Real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Like, um, it was a while. 20, it was a while. Twenty twelve, maybe. That's yeah, I believe. Maybe. I believe it was. Um, um, and so, and I remember kind of joking with my twenty twelve. You're right. Yeah. So I remember joking with my friends at this back at this time. Like we always knew it would have been hard to continue um, Spider Man three. And make Spider Man four. Never. They were made. talking about it, right? They were talking about it, and there was a there was actually a Den of Geek story. A couple weeks ago, there was some concept art and treatments oh for God. it. That's um, crazy. But uh, they were talking about that. It never happened. And so um, they did the reboot in 2012, The Amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And I just remember my friends and I joking about that. We're like, hey, look, can't wait for the remake of the 2002 classic, you know? Um, because it, I mean, <laughs> not only was it um, a full reboot, but it was, they, they were doing the origin story all over again. Um, and so... Such a mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah. A big mistake. Yeah. Um, and I'll go ahead and say, I actually, I mean, that aside, I did enjoy the, that first movie. Like, it was fun. I really liked Andrew Garfield, and I thought they did a good job with the origin. But again, it was so unnecessary to do the origin mm-hmm. all over again. Yeah. Once um, it gets past I, that, right. though, it gets cooking. Right. As Spider-Man Homecoming King proves, you know, you can reboot without doing an origin all over again. Um, but they made The Amazing Spider-Man, then they made Amazing Spider-Man 2. Now, the thing um, about then, those movies was, so everybody pretty much agrees universally that Andrew Garfield was perfect casting. Sure. Um, what they, Especially Spider-Man. Like, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. What they yeah. don't agree is that those movies made very good decisions in many cases. Right. So the first one did incredibly well at the box office. Um, and we litigated this a lot on the podcast at the time, but the concept was that when the second one came out... Um, it didn't do as well, right? And so, but it still made tons of money against a budget that still made it very profitable. Right. So I was always arguing, like, why is that scene as such a catastrophic failure? And the the prevailing logic was, it can't suffer diminishing returns. If your second movie's doing worse than your first significantly, yeah, you, you, it's a problem. Even if it's very profitable, yeah. it, it's not good, and yeah. it just bodes very poorly for the future of your franchise. That second movie, it's funny that. You know, it's a lot like the third movie in the first franchise where they really stuffed in a lot of stuff. and They stuffed, just... they made a lot of the same mistakes. And then, two, you know, on the behind-the-scenes stuff, I think even a lot of people just weren't that interested in it because at this point, everyone was ready for Spider-Man to come into the MCU. Yeah. And it was kind of obvious that it was going to happen. So we're like, or, why or are make, we or, even or, investing in this one? Because it's not going to continue much. I, I guess. But I think uh, I think you could take all of that aside and it just wasn't that good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just was a movie that... It just had a lot of a lot of unpleasant elements. And yeah. It just... I still so enjoyed it. I still enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. in really painful fashion. Yeah. There just wasn't a lot of fun in it. Yeah. And, and it just... It had some weird, like, stalkery elements that I didn't really mind, but some people did. And it just... It just was... I don't know. No, it was very, and especially I really didn't like Dane DeHaan and him in that. Yeah, no, and I, and I just didn't like that bit. relationship. Well, and you look at the difference didn't between really like Electro when Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy came out. It was still well before the massive onslaught of superhero movies, where right. there's a one coming out every weekend. Right. And by the time Amazing Spider-Man two came out, we were in that range. Yes. So yes. So there were, were better examples around. Right. It's like 
and I'm like, I'm not really interested in checking out that one, but then, you know, um, what was coming out that Guardians of the Galaxy was coming out that year, so it's like, you know, I'd rather go Super see that. hyped yeah. for that, something right, original right. and new, right. when Amazing Spider-Man 2 was the rehashiest ever. Right, right. So, um, that ended, and then um, it wasn't long after that the um, news came that Marvel had re- and just a little history on why Spider-Man was owned by Sony. Marvel was on the verge of bankruptcy back in the 90s, which is a really hard concept to imagine, but that's where we were. And it I remember it well. To, yeah. It was forced to sell a lot of its major characters to other studios. So that's why when, you know, the MCU first started, you know, no one knew who Iron Man was outside of the nerd base. And, but they had to start with that because all their other, I mean, the X-Men. They had to build. Right. The X-Men, Spider-Man. X-Men, Fantastic Spider-Man, Four, and Spider-Man were all, were all spoken all for. Yes. And those were, at that point, the crown jewel of uh, Marvel's repertoire, right? So right. those were the ones that were sold. It's kind of like if you're if you're going broke and you need to pay your mortgage, you're going to find your best piece of jewelry to yep. sell first because at least you only have to sell one thing. Exactly. And, you know, it's just that's a weird example, but it's no, true. I mean, yeah. And and the thing is that what I think is so compelling about all of this is yeah. that nowadays I feel like they've actually accomplished the impossible and made all of the MCU characters so popular that they're almost now more valuable than certainly the Fantastic Four and the X-Men to some extent, but even even Spider-Man in some ways, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? At least until Spider-Man came in and now he's part of it. But, you know, they made Iron Man so famous. So famous. And that was really just in one movie. I mean, of course, it's grown since then, but... He was just a, a fringe kind of interesting character right and they, comics you know it took the world by storm totally yeah, by storm yeah, yeah and 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 the other ones i mean um uh, thor was good but he right. wasn't thor like right. he is now and, right and and the same and, thing and is captain america yeah, yeah. right these yeah. are just characters that were like second and third tier and and now they're in black panther especially yeah, oh, right yeah, yeah and now he's huge so famous so they really did the impossible they took you know b and c tier characters and they made them a plus characters um and now that leads us to um they got the rights back to spider-man um with a weird joint in a really weird joint deal to where yes they get peter they get to make spider-man movies make him part of the mcu introduce him in captain america civil war and then gave him his own movie um last year in spider-man homecoming but the deal with Sony was that Sony could still make Spider-Man universe movies like Independent, um, which the first of which will be Venom coming out in a couple weeks. Um, and then they're also making Morbius and I think Black Hat and um, several others. So that was the kind of deal where they make these kind of like standalone, whatever you want to call them in their own universe and still let Marvel get to play with Peter and all that. Right. But yeah. Which so, is which is cool. So anyway, Homecoming came out. Homecoming came out. Well, first of all, he appeared was, in an MCU film. He appeared film. in Civil War. Um, got his like, and I was like, good they scene. Did, they got to introduce him, give just a tad bit of his origin, and then Homecoming comes, and it was tons of fun, and it really did really was, well. Like, did tremendously well. Um, and they were able to do reboot it. Um, have a perfect casting with Tom Holland, and not do an origin movie all yeah. over again. If anybody could have done it. Because, I mean, I love Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. Yeah, so, yeah, like, it was yeah. that was a tough act to follow. But yeah. they went with a younger pick or, right. like, younger looking anyway. And, right. and you know, oh, it, it works. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah. So that's where we are. So that all said, all right, so you're going to pick your favorite movie? Yeah, mine? yeah. yeah. Um, I'm very conflicted on this now. I like the Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire movies, all three of them, a lot. Yeah. Um, but 
they're long ago for me, and so I don't really have, and I never love them like the way that you and other people loved them. Also, Tobey Maguire is a weirdo to me. He's always <laughs> been a weirdo to me. He'll always be one. So to me, him and Jake Gyllenhaal, like, there's always a little bit of a cringe factor. There just always will be. He's yeah. just not. Tobey Maguire is not like equivalent to Andrew Garfield or Tom Holland to me. Yeah. He doesn't look like the boy next door to me. He looks like a creep. So while I like him, and I think he's good in those roles and in Seabiscuit. So you will always see him in that scene from Spider-Man 3 where he's doing the emo dance down the street. When yes, the yes, when he's when he's yeah, being yeah. creepy. I yeah. just That's how I see Tobey Maguire. I also have since found out that like he's probably this like um, poker shark at it that was uh, depicted in that movie Molly's Game, wow. um, who's like, you know, was kind of more of a manipulative guy on the outside. I mean, whatever. I don't really... Leave that aside. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, I he's not quite what... Right. I don't see him as the boy next door. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's, he's very much like more of like an adult that's sort of acts like a boy in a weird pervy way to me again don't let that don't let that take you because and i know i couldn't because the way how much, you, how much you love toby but yeah um anyway so i i that for those reasons like i like those movies but i don't love love them um he's pretty good though when i think of him in class like looking bright-eyed and like oh yeah call on me and, right, right, and that right, like yeah. oh i'm in this place with my glasses and looking at the spiders like yeah, i have yeah. good feelings about that sure. but i i don't love him like some people do so for me my favorite um uh, Spider-Man incarnation up to this point is the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Okay. I love him. Um, and my favorite movie, I'd say, that I had the most fun watching the first time would have been the first Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, that's right. I love that movie. I think that movie is awesome. I think it's fun. I love him. Um, I love, uh, you know, the characters in that movie I think are great. Um, the origin, yeah, it's there. I don't. Sure. I wish I didn't have to see it again. Sure. But I just had so much just unabashed fun watching unabashed. I like that they went with the lizard too. Like they went with the villain that hadn't been done before and hasn't really been done since then either. Yeah. Um, and I love that actor who played. Who, what was his name? Uh, um, um, it's right here. Um, let's see. Hold on. Like, hold and on. why isn't he bigger? Because like he like he was so good in that he could do so many other great character roles. Like. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. One second, I almost no have it. Um, but but yeah, it's um, let's see here. The guy who could do the character. Uh, he is Reese Ephens. That's right. Yeah. Yes, Dennis like, Leary's in it so as good. as um, Dennis Leary, Stacey's I loved, yeah. dad, yeah. right? Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, I saw that one. My dad. My dad had a great time with it too. I yeah, I mean like, that movie yeah. is just really yeah. fun. Yeah. it's a really fun movie. Um, and uh, and I really and I really enjoyed it. But you know, it didn't do as it's good awesome. as they wanted it to, and. But it, and you have to give extra credit because it's directed. The guy's name who directed it is Mark Webb. I know. Is so cool. What is going on there? <laughs> what is going on there? I mean, yeah. So I just think I just remember having seen it, just loving it. I just had so much fun. And somewhere there's a recording, I think, of us reviewing it. Yeah. Uh, at least of the second one. But I just loved the first one. So I was very excited about the second one. I, as much as I love the first one, I kind of don't like the second one very much. There's oh, things no, I no, like no. about it, no. um, but I just think that that movie is a mess overall. No, it is. Um, yeah. It's just it's just not yeah. it's not what it could have been. Um, my second favorite, very close, is the new one. Okay, um, yeah. Is Homecoming. Yeah. Yeah. I think It's that also movie, my second, too. Yeah, I think yeah, that yeah. movie is absolutely fantastic. You see, I haven't seen what I think is your favorite in a while, and so yeah. that's another part of it. Sure, I just sure. haven't seen it in a while. Sure. Um, but, but Homecoming is great. Tom Holland is awesome. He is... 
you know, just the quintessential, you know, bright-eyed Spider-Man. And, you know, the fact that they make him vulnerable, like, he cries in these movies, he's sad, he's yep. scared, especially in Avengers 3. Like, that is so, like, that is the first time that they really draw the distinction of this is a guy who's not as mature. Right. Like, they, they never make that, like, that's never understood. Like, yeah, he's sad when people die mm-hmm. and when bad mm-hmm. things happen, so is everybody. But they never show that maybe he's not quite up to handling the pressure. Not that he can't be a superhero, but that, you know, there's vulnerability there mm. for all of his great strength and skill and all of the good things about the fact that he's young and, you know, all of all of that. There's also the bad side of, like, he's immature. He's, he's you know, and you well, see Well, I think that. they get across the vulnerability well in the other ones, but the youthful immaturity is not as That's That's yeah, kind of yeah, what yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah. And and I think that's that's a really good thing that this one brings in. Sure. I like the mentor relationship with Tony Stark. Yeah. Um, I was listening to a couple podcasts and different reviews of the, all the movies as I was preparing for this to just remind me and refresh my memory about these last three films. Yeah. Um, and uh, I forgot about all those cool scenes with the Vulture and Peter. Vulture is awesome. And how, I rewatched it recently. It's so much fun. And how it is fun movie. I need to see it again. And how... The vulture is the father, and and right. and how that's like he shows up at his door for the prom, and and he's just and it's like there's the there's the the, the veiled threat there, and there's that really good case that he makes for the fact that Tony Stark made his money in weapons yeah. also. Like it's just a really good villain that's really well conveyed, um, and the fact that he I don't know he's also a good guy as opposed as, in addition to being a horrible monster, you right. know, and it's just it's really well handled. Um, I, I just I love his friend Ned. I think yeah, his friend yeah, Ned's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I just love that. I love how I'm excited he is. Porn. Yeah. I love when he puts the suit on Ned does and looks different in right. it. Um I just think there's so much to love about the movie. The more I talk about it, the more I'm thinking like, boy, maybe it is my favorite. But I the both of those two are, are, are the ones that I like the best, um, and I relate to the most when I think of sure. Spider Man. There was a meme recently that had uh Star Lord next to Thanos and then um Peter next to Vulture and it said if your name is Peter in the MCU, there's a hundred percent chance your girlfriend's dad is a villain. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right, good. interesting. That's yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. It's statistically okay. true. Yeah, it works. But um, um, so now we need some Raimi love. What you got I for do. me? So yeah, my favorite one out of I mean, um, keep in mind too, I did grow up on them, and so and especially this one I saw three times in theaters and I've watched many many times since then. But Spider Man Two will always be my favorite. Um, I mean, I can't say always because who knows how maybe the yeah, but this house is hard to beat. I know it is hard to beat, and I, I mean, I love Homecoming, and I'm really excited to see um, that franchise continue. But um, yeah, Spider Man Two, it just I don't know. There, the writing is so good; it does such a good job handling the relationship between Peter and Otto Octavius, specifically making him not a cliche one dimensional villain, really fleshing him out and showing his transformation. The scene where you know he's transformed into Doc Ock and he watches his wife die. It's so heartbreaking, and I love Alfred Molina's performance. I need to see it again. That, I have it at home. I need oh, to yeah. watch it again, period. Because, like, the, I like how they get to meet and form a relationship. I mean, they do that with him and Green Goblin, but even more so with this, they form a really deep mentor-apprentice relationship prior to the accident, and it's more, you know, he loses his mind in the process and becomes a villain and is sort of tortured by his inner demons. Um, and then you have that... You have the relationship between him and Mary Jane and um, all the drama there. The music um, by Danny Elfman, the cinematography, the effects. Um, granted, they probably you know don't look as good now, but for the time, they were really next level. Um, it just, for me, it encapsulates everything that I want in a superhero movie. 
and it has all the drama, it has all the stakes, it has great effects and action sequences, and I think even today it still holds up really well. Um, and then, you know, Spider-Man 3, we don't really talk about as much, but... <laughs> how, how does 1 compare to 2? Um, I, they're close for me. I still think 2 is a notch above, but the first one is a really solid origin. Um, and, I mean, I, if nothing else, I mean, I love Willem Dafoe, the Green Goblin. <laughs> um, but, but he's, he's I like, still he really, is Green Goblin. No, like, it's perfect. perfect. Yeah. Um, so, I do enjoy 2 more, but the first one is up there as well. Um, and then, if I had to rank them real quick, it would be... Spider-Man 2, Homecoming, first Randy Spider-Man, um, and then Amazing Spider-Man, um, and then Amazing Spider-Man 2, and Spider-Man 3, the bottom. Really? Yeah. Below 2? Yeah. It's pretty bad. Is it really it's that bad? It's on Netflix. Like, I, I don't know if you remember how bad it is. It's like, uh, it's... How is it so bad? It's overstuffed. It's cheesy. It's just like... The dialogue is terrible. What about Mary Sam Jane Raimi on stage? Like what about uh, Mary Jane on stage performing in that shiny dress? I mean, that was yeah. Is she I don't know. Is that good? Was that bad? That I don't was, know. I don't even. I mean, like that's. But you have to listen to just the plot is all. But I mean, Sam Raimi didn't like it. He wasn't happy. This, he didn't want to include Venom originally. He for one, he's not a big Smart Venom. Move. He's not a big Venom fan. The studio kind of forced him to. So he like he. I mean, even he doesn't really claim a lot of ownership of that movie. Wow. But yeah. Wow, it sucks when things. I mean, they're, so they're both big. that and Amazing Spider-Man Two are both really overstuffed and it, dumb. But yeah. um, it but sucks I, when. But three is. I mean, do you remember that emo dance with Peter going? Vaguely, out? Like, vaguely. It's, it's bad, dude. But and it's been made into so many memes since then. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I hear but, you. Yeah. I hear you. Anyway, well, that does it. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that's very clear is Spider-Man is an icon. Of course. Um, I mean, just a complete cultural icon, one of the greatest superheroes of all time, um, and just a phenomenal inspiration for great entertainment, yeah, right? Yeah, um, So, man, if you haven't yet, and you play video games, play some Spider-Man on PS4. It's phenomenal. If you want to hear more about it, uh, check out our review and spoiler cast. These two episodes are going to go up pretty concurrently, um, so you'll be able to check both of them out kind of at the same time, or either or, whatever you want. Um, and, uh, yeah, in, enjoy. Um, on that note, where can they find us uh, as of right now while we're, while we're sort of making changes? Right now, you can find us all at thejoyofgeek.net. Um, we haven't updated the blog part of that in the, forever, right. but we, we put all the podcasts there. We are in the process of rebranding, putting this show um, on a another platform, platform, right? which um, is coming soon. Which right. we'll give you updates more. But for now, stay on thejoyofgeek.net. Um, and keep, it locked. keep it keep locked. Keep it locked. Keep it locked. And then the Joy of Gaming, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, and then how about you, you follow, man? Can follow me on Twitter at KWShafe. Um, you can follow me for all my writing, my comic updates. I'll be tabling at NC Comic Con Bull City in November. If you are in the North Carolina area, even if you're not, come on down. It's a great show. Um, we will both be there. Um, we'll be doing panels and all of that. Um, but I'll be selling copies of Corpus and hopefully getting another short story printed by then. Um, so Can't I'm see always why writing and working gotta on Gotta do stuff. it. No, I'm working on Oh, I just gotta get it to the printers. It's The story's done. Just gotta get a cover for it. And um, But you can actually see a page of that on is my Gordoc Twitter. Is Gordok involved? The what? Is Gordok? That is the Gordok story. <laughs> okay. So yeah, so, um, so if you go on my Twitter, you can see a page from that right now. But yeah. Awesome, awesome. Uh, game as it is. Awesome. Um, so uh, you can find me at Rich Lepore. Um, I tweet every couple days about something that I am enjoying, and maybe more frequently at some point. But right now, um, it is not the kind of Twitter feed that will blow up your spot, but it is the kind of Twitter feed where hopefully I say something that you might dig every once in a while. So check it out. Um, on that note, this has been the Joy of Geek podcast. Uh, 
And I am Rich Lepore. I'm your friendly neighborhood, Kevin Schaefer. Awesome. And we will see you soon. Take care.